This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Time to start your day the right way with front row material. Now, let's welcome your host, Mike Freak. back to the most enjoyable thing you can do oh, my name is mike freeland i'm joined by the what are you what the hell are you doing over there rattling making noise i'm trying to adjust to the chair what kind of chair you got is that a big oh big my goodness chair no it's a, no the, the, this one has a better weight limit oh, oh, oh my god that is unbelievable wow um with that being said i uh we ran a little bit over, but you know what? We got our very next guest, somebody I'm very excited to uh, to have on the show. Um, somebody who is really integral in the wrestling industry itself as far as um, operations and whatnot. I'm going to bring him in right now. He and I have been chatting for a while. Shane Hagedorn is going to be joining us. And uh, Shane, so much uh is going on right now in wrestling. So excited to have you a part of the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, it's been moving around, moving around a little bit, making sure I get some good lighting. You know what? It's funny because to get, gosh, this is so rinky dink. The way I got my lighting set up, I literally take the um, what do you call it on a lamp? The 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 part that wraps around it, the cloth part. What do they call that? The, the skirt. What do they call that? Lampshade. Lampshade, there we go. Wow. Uh, uh, and I'm a <laughs> I took the lampshade off, and now I just have the the bulb because I'm like, well, this this would be nice light. It's like the sun part two is like burning my retinas, and I have two lamps on either side of me. So I'm like, anytime I look away, I'm like, I'm seeing like little blotches of blue and red, and I'm like, this can't be good. My optometrist can't be very happy. I'm in a hotel room in Fort. Myers, so I have no control over anything here right now. I'm just whatever's around me. So let's let's just kind of get started here. Um, you know, in the wrestling industry is what we always talk about with people and how they got into wrestling and, and what their involvement is. Um, how did we get involved in the wrestling business? I mean, I think for what you do is very, very interesting. Uh, for me, it started in November of 2003 when I moved from Michigan to um, Pennsylvania to join the very first class of the Ring of Honor Wrestling School under uh, CM Punk. Um, wow. 
So that's that's when it all started for me. Uh, training then um, for several months, and then I actually started working in the RF video slash Ring of Honor offices in February of 04. So it's been a long, long, near, damn near 20 year, uh, you know, next year will be 20 years. That is insane how fast time flies yeah. by. Um, so let's talk about this here. So originally your training, mm -hmm. what made you yes. decide that training was going to be something, I mean, wrestling training, wrestling school was something that was what you wanted to do. And then how did you decide, okay, I want to do this. How did you find out who am I going to train with? So a lot of it was just uh, all, kind of always having that, thinking of it as a, as, a, as a childhood dream and never really thinking it, but never thinking it was a possibility. Right. Uh, and then I guess I want to say sometime in 97, which would have been my freshman year in college, I started searching, you know, the AOL and, you know, all the, the, the all the sort of uh you know predating google you know ask jeeves or whatever for wrestling school information and um the sean michaels wrestling academy had just kind of opened up and because of beyond the mat documentary i just found out about all pro wrestling in california so i started looking at different things and almost dropped out of college after my freshman year so it would have been 98 to uh my head I was going to move in with my aunt that lived in Texas and go to the Shawn Michaels school my mom uh, you know talked me into I shouldn't say talked me into but she's like maybe finish school first right and then you know so like yeah so I finished school um, a couple of years past because I graduated college in 2001 and uh, I went to the August 9th, 2003, Wrath of the Racket show uh, in Dayton, about a couple hour drive from where I live, um, right here in Michigan. And uh, on the seats, there were flyers with Punk's face on it that were about the Ring of Honor Wrestling School. And I was familiar with Punk from a few of the like indies in the Midwest seen him on a few shows and was someone who immediately stood out to me. He was on some shows that I saw with like him, Cole Cabana, Jimmy Jacobs. Um, we're all on some of these various indies that I, I, I saw. And it was like, to me, it just felt like this is it. If I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Right. So I just stayed on it and kept you know, checking the website, calling the offices. Is this going to happen? When's the tryout? So we finally set it for sometime in October, um, late September, early October of 03. I just got in my car, made the drive out, in the Red Roof Inn, did the tryout the next day. And <laughs> wow, it was a uh, tryout was something. <laughs> I am. Um, I met, uh, you know, one of my, my friend is actually sitting over here because uh, he was down in Florida as well as up visiting me. Uh, he wrestled as Evan Starsmore. Um, we did nice. the tryouts together and uh, it was 
intense, physically intense, like nothing I'd ever experienced before. And I got back to my hotel room. And I somehow managed to make my legs work enough to drive back to the hotel room that was a mile away. Wow. And I hands and knees my my room was on the second floor of the red roof and hands and knees crawled up the concrete stairs of the red roof inn because my legs just would not lift enough to go up a stair it was it was it was far more than i could have ever anticipated from like reading anybody's wrestling book or hearing anyone's experience of what their wrestling school was like and that was just the tryout so, yeah, uh, I was going to say, it, it, here, uh, we had Matt Turner on uh, one of our shows. Yeah, Matt was also in our yep. Yep, and, and, and he was sitting there telling us how, you know, the tryout and then the wrestling school, it was conditioning first, everything else was second. And, you know, you just yep. describing your hotel trip back, you know, just, just you know, validates his point. Yeah, That's, it was, it was, it's, uh, it's insane. It was one of those things too. Like, wow. Well, say him and I talked about it last, last week. I uh, talked to him. We we're kind of reflecting on it and, you know, that it was, our trial was an actual trial. You know, out of, there were 10 of us there. Only six of us made the cut and actually were in the school and trained, you know, like not, not everybody made the cut. It was not a, you give me your money, you get to go to this wrestling school. You had to earn your way in through through the tryouts, and that would be the case with the second class from the school too, of which I was, you know, helping lead the trials now instead of being the one doing it. Like, not everybody got a, not everybody got the golden ticket. So you're, you're training for it. You get through it. It's grueling. We've heard stories that um, the Andersons would run up in Minnesota and just how they would just blow you up completely and then they would put you in the ring and stretch you and they would go through these extreme measures to weed out who really wanted to be there and who didn't did you ever get the feeling when you were in that you know the people that were that did make it through there was in some way the mindset of the people running it let's find out how we can do some weeding well, the weeding out was all through the trial. This was before we even got accepted into the school. Um, these were the people who had just, you know, we, there was, the original wrestling school was in a big industrial complex. Mm-hmm. So there was this area, If I, it was maybe like a quarter mile of a track size that we would just run. And that would be the start of the day. And that was the same with the trial. The tryout was basically just a condensed version of what our entire practices would end up being. So we ran and we ran and we ran like 30, 45 minutes of a run just to start. And then it was, all right, cool. Get some water, stretch out. Let's do 300 squats. Okay. Finish your 300 squats. And one of the things that was emphasized, and this is day one, complete strangers in a tryout of trying to stay in sync with each other with those squats as we stand in a circle and like, okay, you finished those. All right. Now it's time for pushups. Now it's time for sit-ups. Uh, and it was all just that f- testing our, uh, I feel like it was less t- about testing our physical capability and more testing our mental. Like you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. Right. You're going to fight through this no matter how hard it gets, because this is what you want to do. 
And so it wasn't, uh, you know, at, at no point was there ever like a, a stretching. I mean, hell, we didn't touch the ring aside once this, the training actually started, aside from one day where it was, okay, everybody get in the ring. All right, now we're going to roll around with Samoa Joe. Not pro wrestle with Samoa Joe. We're going to grapple <laughs> with Samoa Joe. Aside from that day, we didn't touch the ring for three months. Wow. Before we got in the ring for the first time. And part of that was because we, the, the six of us, the uh, Steamboat, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Les Thatcher seminar. And it dawned on punk on Thursday that we were going to the seminar on Friday and we had yet to learn how to run the ropes. So it was like, uh Oh, I guess we better get you in the ring so you can learn how to run the ropes. And that was what it was. We had to earn our way into even the ring before anything else. So it was, a, it was a multi-gradual step process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was 11. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say it wasn't oh, it was an eleven month process from start from day of day one of training uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving two thousand three until October second of two thousand four when we had our first match. It was eleven wow. months of making sure we were ready before we were set free. Yeah, me personally, if it came down to getting a chance to get in the ring or roll around with Samoa Joe, I- I'd wait. <laughs> no no way I, I would I'd want to get rolled around stretched nope I it can't even begin to imagine we all looked at each other like is this happening like what are, what what <laughs> it was very it was, it was like simultaneously like intimidating and scary and like yet also being excited because we get to get in the ring and it was uh it was it was a pretty cool part of the experience so you get through your training. And then in the midst um, of it, I start working in the office too. I, I was just about to say, so with the training and then working in the office. So how did that all come about, that, that transitional aspect of that period? So before wrestling, I worked as a videographer for my local news station um, back in Lansing, Michigan. And uh, with a heavy focus on sports. Like I traveled mm-hmm. for March Madness to in 2003. I did a lot of the Michigan State Football, basketball, hockey, soccer, um, very sports heavy uh, in what I did work there. So when the office about that, they needed somebody to help filming like the indie shows that they would you know, sell at RF video at the time. So I don't remember. I think it was a world one show at the arena. Um the old ECW arena in February. Well, it was either end of January or February of 2004. And I just got asked if I wanted to shadow uh, Gabe Sapolsky because he was the one who was actually doing the filming for the show with the ringside handheld camera. And I asked if I wanted to shadow Gabe uh, with my own camera and so they could you know, see a tape of how I did. And so that and February, the... Uh, second anniversary show on February 14th was my first day as a, uh, I guess as an RF video. And now I think technically, I can't remember what my check said, if it said RF video or ring of honor, but either way, uh, I became an employee of the office as well as you know, training there. Um, 
And so I would film, you know, I only, I worked part-time in the office and because I had another job as well. It was just, you know, distributing the tapes and traveling to some indie, some of the indie shows here and there, Jersey All Pro, 3PW, um, ECWA shows and selling the tapes and filming some of the shows. What would you say your relationship was with, with Gabe? Um, I always got along fine with Gabe. Um, even like from the beginning, I, I don't ever remember having any, like, my interactions, let me think, my interaction during the RF video phase, which was, you know, February to June of 2004, before the complete divorce of the two companies. Um, so my interaction was, you know, minimal because I was, you know, my travel was with my classmates and our cars, you know, from show to show. In the office, Gabe was not as much in the office. You know, he would come in. He was in here and there, but, you know, he wasn't as much in the office. His job didn't necessarily require him to be in the office as much as, you know, somebody who was doing the editing or the filming or the dubbing of the VHS, the, of the, the tapes. Um, so, but come the move over to the, the, the Ring of Honor office, you know, then I would see him more and travel more and actually get to communicate more. And it was always good. Like, you know, I never, I can't think of any time I ever really had any issues of any kind. Uh, and at one point in the armory, the, the Philadelphia armory, even like, you know, sitting down with him and just having like booking related conversations. And uh, he, you know, for whatever reason, when we were running, um, when the second class of the wrestling school started in 2005, you know, he kind of let me handle the booking of pre-show matches and any, any of that, like with any, anybody who came in that he wanted to give a look, you know, to put them in a dark match, pre-show match, whatever they wanted to call them. Uh, he kind of let me handle all that stuff, which was cool, you know, considering I, it's all of a year of experience under my belt. So all in all, I would say it was a fairly decent relationship. Would you say also that a willingness to be willing to do whatever and making yourself available, we've often heard this from a lot of people we've interviewed, is that that goes a long ways. Being willing to be a part of something and willing to learn different aspects, it makes you very versatile and it makes you even more of an important commodity within a wrestling company as well. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, for myself, you know, I had the videography experience. I would end up being, after the, the split from RF video, I ended up being the second camera on the floor from World Title Classic until Nowhere to Run. So it's a year of shows. I was the second camera on the floor until I decided I couldn't split my time anymore between wrestling and filming the shows. Um, I eventually ended up as the head of our ring crew. Uh, I wrote, you know, eventually would end up writing 80, 90% of the content for the ROHwrestling.com website. Uh, I end up writing the, what would end up on the DVDs, not like the, the match listings per se, but like when we would start doing shoot, shoot interviews or best of compilations like i wrote the text that would go on the back of those dvds uh programs um i i was i was an english major in college uh so 
I guess that was maybe the natural fit to be the one to write this stuff. So, yeah, I, being versatile and willing, and I drove the trucks, the ring trucks also. Uh, yeah, so it paid off to being um, being versatile and just kind of taking on little bits of everything. So I, remember, I think one thing that, that I've said to, in other conversations about it was um, everybody that worked in that office kind of wore multiple hats because there were very few of us. Uh, I, I often ask people if what their perception of Ring of Honor was, if they as a because you got to figure it's this. Eventually, you know, it's running shows in the UK, running shows in Japan, traveling across the entire country, you know, the, some of the best wrestlers of the last 20 years in that company. But we had an office that at its biggest was seven people, eight wow. people. Uh, you know, there was, and that's not counting Gabe. Like I'm not counting Gabe in that office staff because, you know, his focus was on putting together the show's booking. I'm talking like the day-to-day operations of, the website, shipping orders, mailing orders, taking the phone calls, you know, website stuff like one, two, three, there's six to eight of us were at like the largest point in the company. So that's like 2005, 2006 in the office. Uh, I always compared ROH to ECW where Mm -hmm. the office was really small, multiple hats, you know, but, but you needed to know, you know, more, more than one thing and you had needed to be willing to do whatever it took to make the product and you know like come alive it abs absolutely absolutely like having those conversations with some of the the ecw alumni that you know i shared a locker room with it was like you know i think it's one of my favorite scenes in the um rise and fall of ecw dvd when they show like what it really looked like when they were filming all those stand-ups with Joey Styles and there's like yeah. Paul Heyman's mom's washer right behind them. Like, that ain't that much different from Ring of Honor. Like we were filming commentary in the studio. You no, know, the shoot interviews are being done on some like dog hair and dog pee soaked couch in a 900 degree room with DVD boxes surrounding poor sweaty Skandar Akbar. Uh, it was- uh, Wait, you, you, you did those in Freeland's living room? Okay, that's enough. well well done but that's exactly it is exactly like that man where there's so few people just keeping the ship afloat you know like i know it just but it started you know it started with carrie you know carrie you know at the top of it and kind of you know trickling down into the rest of us and then you know bleeding out into the the crew because even at some of our biggest shows you know our ring crew is five six seven people you know and we're and that's it when it's at its full production pre-Sinclair of, you know, the ring, the lighting, the staging, you know, all of that. And it's, this is all being put up and torn down by, you know, six, seven people every week. That's a hell of a lot of work. A hell of a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I, I look back on like our very first real ring crew show was Final Battle 2003, which was when Great Muda came in, Kaz Hayashi, Kojima. And we were out of that building and at Denny's by like midnight, you know, and then fast forward like five or six years and we're doing ring crew still. The sun's coming up in the Manhattan center. Wow. The production, how, how much the, how much the scale grew and venues that we ran grew uh, in 
know, pretty short order. Like a pit crew, did you guys ever try to time yourself to see how quickly you could get get stuff done? Sometimes. Um, it would be like how, you know, especially if it was a Friday night and we still had a show on Saturday. But then there were those venues where we just knew we were stuck here forever. Uh, <laughs> and if we got out before the sun came up, it was a blessing. Let me throw this at you. I, I, I love shoot interviews and, and obviously, you know, Ring yeah. of Honor did a ton of them. And then obviously, you know, even the precursor of that was RF video. Um, was that the very first time, at least it was for me, that I know that knew that shoot interviews were a thing? Because I feel like it was also that very much underground, we're not really going to talk about these kinds of things. But then as the shoot interviews really started to progress, you really start to get, they, they pulled the curtain back. And I think people were just jonesing to get their hands on these things. So when did you feel like the shoot era interview really started to, to explode as far as the demand for the, the product? Hmm. I know for me, when I really started to want to know more was after the Montreal screw job. Okay. So when, when Sean and Brett each had their own shoot interviews, uh, that was when I really like, I wanted this. Uh, and at that point, RF video had retail like kiosks in malls around the country. And one of those was about an hour, hour and a half away from me in the Detroit area. So I made the trip with a friend specifically for those. And then I would just get them here and there, you know, especially when I worked in the office, then I kind of collected more that way. But for me, those having Sean and Brett doing them was my first real, like, I need to hear this. I need to see this. Uh, on a larger scale, I don't know. I mean, they kind of started, I know there's like a version of them that kind of started with the RSPW uh, fact. Um, and then Erica, Julian, and Narif kind of really broke it. I think kind of broke it into, and then it just bled out into everywhere. You know, High Spots had them, uh, you know, those, what the hell are they called? Uh, High Spots has their whole series, and there's you know all the, the straight shooting ones that we did in Ring of Honor, and I, th- I think now they're they're still they're still around, but I don't think they're quite as big as they were you know 15 years ago. I feel like everything's so much more open. I think uh, it's not quite as uh, is an in-demand type of, of way to get information as it used to be because, you know, everything's a bit more open than it was in the mid-90s. Uh, ROH Historian Shoot's been around since the 80s, but I think RF videos started how they were, the how they are made today. No, good comment on that one. No, um, I, think that's, I think that's fairly accurate. I don't like giving much credit that way for obvious reasons, I think, but that's very true. <laughs> I remember, and I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's still doing these, is, uh, oh my gosh, his name is, is slipping my mind, Oliver, Oliver. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Sean Oliver. I almost, said John, I almost said John Oliver. That would not be it. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Oliver would have his, and I thought those were very interesting. What was your take on his spin on the way he did shoots? 
those were the ones that were like the like rebooking the territory ones and yep yeah some of those were really and some of those are really good and some of those made um I, the, most of the ones that i saw i was very interested especially like the rebooking the territory ones uh i always thought those were interesting to see how people would you know take what was existing and do it uh, over or redo it um then the you shoot ones i liked that concept because it enabled the fans to be the ones to directly ask the questions Sometimes they needed some content filtering for some of the questions they got through, but uh, I, I thought it took the concept and tried to find different ways to make it unique. Right. The timeline series—that's what it was called. Timeline. Yeah. So Cornette rebooks eighty-nine WWF stuff like that. Yeah. So obviously training as a wrestler, and then obviously doing mm -hmm. split time in the offices. Now you're doing predominantly stuff in the offices. Did you find that that was more rewarding than actually wrestling? Or do you feel like if the opportunity had presented itself, more wrestling would have been better? Or is it really hard to say? It's really hard to say. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, my, I, I didn't have to take as many bumps once I was only working in the office. And This is true. But it, <laughs> but I, I think it's too I don't think it's a matter of which was more rewarding it's just two very different experiences because I mean it's been seven, six years six now let me think 2009, well, about four years three years since my last match but it had been like five years since I had wrestled regularly before that um, right but I still get the itch. You know, you still get the itch. You still, you know, especially lately, it's been at it more. Um, as my son has gotten more and more interested in it, and at seven years old, telling me he wants to become a wrestler. And, uh, just, but just there, there are two. I'll just say, take just him take him to the living room and take him to the living room, stretch him out. Here, get that itch. <laughs> he just spears me and doesn't sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> a Goldberg <laughs> fan. Exactly, exactly. The uh it's but it, the, the office part was different. You know, it was said to me once when I first got the job in the office. Someone said to me that you're going to get a very fast education that you probably that you probably don't need yet. And it's not exactly how it was phrased, but it was essentially like you're gonna see a lot of things the of the side of the business that don't necessarily need to be seen when you haven't even been in this a year and it was very true it was absolutely true i definitely saw more of the business side of things than i probably ever would want to and ended up in this weird uh i might want a big split of i'm equal parts office and you know locker room uh that could lend itself to a you know, a difficult, awkward split for me. Uh, but I mean, they each had their own rewards. I mean, it's, you know, the, the office, working in the offices then, you know, that's why I am where I am now working with AEW. Like those, you know, what I, what I gave when I was working in the Ring of Honor offices then, you know, when similar situation opened up, similar position opened up and all 
no, it's it was I was who was thought of by by Jeff Jones to reach out to me and say, hey, would you be interested in coming in and doing what you did for Ring of Honor for us? No, it's uh, my, my body definitely likes the not wrestling part better. So looking back, obviously, your time with Ring of Honor, what would you say was mm-hmm. was some of the most enjoyable memories you have, whether it would be, you know, with the talent, working in the office, just any really unique, funny stories that you're like, damn, you know what? That was some fun shit. Or that was a really crazy moment, but that was a lot of fun in the process. Uh, in terms of mat, like match type stuff, Final Battle 2010, where I got to do the, the six-man tag with the Kings of Wrestling against the Briscoe family. Like That yes. is one of the most fun nights, despite the fact that after the match was over i couldn't chew food uh properly um after getting clotheslined in the face by papa briscoe and the doomsday device that was one of the most fun nights i ever had inside the ring um, working with chris claudio and sarah del rey was just one of the absolute highlights of the last 20 years of my life um working you know, with the, the American Wolves, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, getting to work with Larry Sweeney. Um, like, just a jewel, a gem. He was... Gets me emotional. <laughs> um, it, you know, on, on that side of the camera, you know, like there, there were just so many great people working with and then just the friendships I made behind, like I said, my closest friends I've, you know, since November of 2003 back here, you know, visiting. Um, and some of the stuff we went through together on the road that to this day, anytime um, the song Too Much Time on My Hands comes on the radio, <laughs> there's a certain parts in the song where we have to clap or something bad will happen because of one road <laughs> trip out to Minnesota where we did not clap and the tires on the car blew. It was Shit. like, all right, for this part of the song, it was sort of a total joke. When, when this part happens, everybody has to clap or it's bad luck. <laughs> Someone didn't clap and the tire blew on the truck, like instantaneous. And so to this day, I clap whenever I hear that song. I would as well. And, I mean, my gosh, I'd be gunshot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's been 18, 18 years. But but here's the it's, thing. It, it was, takes that, that one time that you don't clap, that shit happens again, and you say, that's why we invoke this rule. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, and it, there were times where it was rough, especially now the, yeah, as business got worse, you know, and less and less busy in the office, you know, it was troublesome, stressful, you know, it's, you know, the days of like 2005, early 2005, or late 2005, early 2006, where, you know, we're moving 4,000 units of Joe versus Kobashi. And the first thousand of those were like in a weekend, you know, and then skip ahead a year or two. And we're lucky to move a thousand copies of any DVD. Right. Um, just how watching how that business model changed, you know, the DVD market not being so in demand. Um, it just, yeah, but 
it's I, I look back on it now as there was so much more good than bad, especially, you know, in the first eight years I was there. Sure. The pre Sinclair years were a lot of good. Um obviously, you know, a, a lot of the companies nowadays have their own streaming service. Do you feel like that definitely helped when it came to Ring of Honor having their own streaming service? Was that just the natural maturation, you think, to say, hey what, the Honor Club? Yeah, with 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 deciding the Honor to Club go. is a rancid pile of garbage. Really? <laughs> the Honor Club I think the Honor Club service is absolutely terrible. Uh I know part of that, you know, there's the there's an absolute difficulty in the the copyrighted music issue and having to edit out that and work around yes. that, you know, but I just, I think the, the interface and with the honor club is atrocious. <laughs> There's some of those shows that are split up like match by match. There's no way to like click on it and just watch it as an entire event. The year of 2007 is completely missing from there. There's not even a graphic that says 2007 to click on. Uh, it's, it's a any of the pre Sinclair stuff is really just bad on there, and even in the the post Sinclair stuff, the post June two thousand eleven to present day stuff is um, spotty, sketchy. Like there's one show I watched in there that's it was a some sort of pay per view feed, and the intermission is still intact in the middle of the streaming show replay <laughs> wow so it's it hits the intermission and there's 30 minutes of uh we will be right back in the middle of a, a vod replay version of a show like come on what do you what do you think now of you know tony khan purchasing ring of honor and just talking to carrie he feels like it's in really good especially with someone like tony um, do you feel like fans are now going to get a chance to have a better experience with the library of Ring of Honor as opposed to what it was on with Honor Club? Uh, absolutely. What, whatever it ends up being, however it ends up being, um, I know the music part will always that will always be a thing. Like the WWE Network is an example of that. You know yep. how they've had to handle even their own content. Like as much mm -hmm. as I. You know, try go watch WrestleMania 17 and the disturbed version of Steve Austin's theme music yep. is that has disappeared from the face of the earth. You know, all of the ECB original music is completely, you know, generic or they just use the WWE versions of their theme songs or like RVD for some of the, the match entrances. Um, it just it's a necessity when you're playing with music that you don't own. Um, so I know that'll always be a thing, but I think as far as how the content is distributed, and used, I think it is in the very, very caring hands of someone whose brain for wrestling is just amazing and knowledge and respect for the product as a whole and love for pro wrestling is just amazing. So I definitely want to go into the relationship with Tony, but you said Jeff Jones was the one who kind of brought you into. Yeah, I worked, I worked with. I worked with Jeff in Ring of Honor, and you know, so you know, he would eventually would be the person that I would like send stuff to that would get posted on the Ring of Honor website. So he knew, you know, firsthand from our relationship, like what I did and what I had to offer. And you know, he reached out to me prior to the first Double or Nothing in 2019. That's when I started 
writing content for the website and from for the AEW website way back then. Yeah. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to kind of be in and from the very, not the very beginning, but kind of like the ground floor before the very first show. And I was, was contributing even, you know, leading up into that. It's so interesting because, you know, you were there when Ring of Honor was super, super hot. Now you're transitioning yourself into AEW where it's super, super hot. You have to feel you've been blessed. I mean, not you have great talent, but you also feel like you have, to be, have been blessed by the wrestling gods to be, you know, a part of, of two organizations that have been such a big part of your life so far and have given you a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I'm so, I, I am very, very fortunate. I have definitely, you know, uh, paid my dues as the, the, the saying goes for the business and worked my ass off for it. But I mean, I have been very fortunate with uh, the opportunities I've had in both companies, you know, people I got to work with behind the scenes in front of the cameras, uh, the work I've got to do, you know, I went to school to write and I get to write for a living, you know, every, every day I'm writing content today. Before we had this call, I was writing the, the the preview for Dynamite for the website, you know, to go up, you know, tomorrow on day of show. So it's like every day I'm I'm getting to write, I'm getting to do what I'm getting to do what I went to school to do about a subject that I have loved for as long as I can remember. And my friend, so, yeah. that is the dream. That is the dream. That is, and, and you know what? Your mother's got to be happy. You finished college. You got your yes. you got your degree and you got wrestling in the same holy shit. Yes. My friend, yep. you paired both of them up beautifully. Yeah, that's thank you. Thank you. So you're in AEW now. I mean, it's it's gotta feel really exciting. There's there's so much hype going around right now. There's so much great talent right now. Um Carrie said that there's gonna be some big stuff that's gonna be happening with ROH as well. Um he would love to see, not that there's any spoilers, um, but like with the ROH website as well, would you be still doing something like that, creating content for both potentially? I have no, I, I have no idea at this point, like what, how, if that will uh, come to me in any way, shape or form. I have no idea, but uh, what if it, if it did, that'd be, that'd be fun and cool, you know, to, to tack that on uh, to <laughs> To everything else I do, you know, it's I, I do have a great wealth of uh, knowledge with that history up to a certain point. You know, there's a certain point where I'm just like, nope, I have no idea. Uh, but you know, the first decade or so of the company, like you know, I, that's that's uh, I know it very well, very intimately. What would you say would be? I mean, because literally, you you go from being a fan to training to being a pro wrestler to working the office to being behind the scenes, to seeing all this stuff from production, writing of all this content, what would theoretically in your mind be, what would the next step be if you were to uh, to say, you know what, I would like to see myself eventually get a chance to do fill in the blank? You can see the look on it. I, I, I don't know. I try, honestly, truly, I, I don't. I don't know. I haven't... Uh... It's not something I've really thought of. So you asking that, I'm just kind of like, huh, that, that is a very good question because I don't know. I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, between the, 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 the web content, you know, dealing, you know, live events, I, it's a lot of uh, 
my my job is merch related when it comes to the actual live events. Uh, right like on day of the show. Um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoy what I am doing now, so I guess I haven't really thought of what would be next because. It's kind of living in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Do you ever think that you could see yourself like a Gabe? I mean, moving to that next level. Um, you know, I'm not really sure how the inner workings of AEW are, but I mean, with a writing background, a history of wrestling, and if, if you know, Tony came to you and said, Shane, uh, need to see you in the conference room, uh, what's your thoughts about putting... <laughs> dynamite together and you then reply you then reply with well i'm glad you asked me that question <laughs> like okay whatever you need that would be our response what do you need i'm i'm, I'm there well I, there's so many seminars be, that you could do like i mean it would be it would be a, a a complete mind trip right there because i'm just as we're talking to you we're checking off all the boxes and mm-hmm. I, I do know right now, and I think at, um, oh my gosh, uh, it was on one of the uh, the websites. What's the website everyone subscribes to to uh, share your information, your resume? Um, oh my gosh. LinkedIn? LinkedIn. They're looking, gosh, thank you. I should have. I should have been more prepared as an interviewer. I should have known that. Uh, makes me look like a hack. Um, they're looking for a new EVP. My friend, the job is now available. Shane, what do you think, buddy? Because I literally have a, I only knew LinkedIn because I literally have a, a LinkedIn tab right here because I got a message sent to me on LinkedIn from someone I'm trying to uh, interview for my own book. Um, so, other if I wasn't literally staring me in the face, I probably would not have thought LinkedIn. I'm turning into my dad, you know, my mom and my dad, they argue so much about stuff. They're like, you know, the thing, yeah, yeah, the thing, you know, what you call it said that to me earlier when we were at the place and now I've just kind of picked up on it. I'm like, I can't even literally name what the hell I'm talking about, but, um, but yeah, I mean, so many things are happening. So many moving parts. Um, I'm going to pick your brain right now. I'm going to ask you straight up what's going on with Cody. Come on. What's your inside sources telling you? I know nothing about anything, and I love it. I like it that way. When I was in Ring of Honor, I knew everything that was going on for the most part. <laughs> now I could blissfully be ignorant of anything beyond my job and what I need to know. <laughs> so. I was I was going to say it's got to be nice to to almost say, hey, you know what? I'm taking a step back from this because if you know, it, it can almost it can be cool, but I feel like that that really excitement cool part would kind of fade off quickly. And then you would probably have people just like vultures wanting to know what about this or what about the, and you just be get incessantly asked questions. So it's like, you know what? Hey, the old phrase that's above my pay grade. Don't really know. So yeah. talk to somebody yeah. else. And that was, I think that was part of, you know, when I said in the ring of honor office was so small, it just meant every single one of us knew a lot you know we knew a lot of what was going on stuff that we didn't necessarily need to because we were so small we knew right and yeah that's 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 a nice thing that i can just say no i, I deal with the merchandise and i write my stuff other what that, would you do well, i'm sorry i would say other than that i'm good what would you say to somebody who is like you in your position they're 
either about to graduate high school or they're about to go to college or they're in college and they say, man, you know, Shane's had an amazing career. He's gotten to do all these things in wrestling. I really want to do that too. What would your advice be to somebody who wants to get into wrestling? Maybe not as a wrestler, but if they want to break in as far as maybe production or they want to break in doing technical stuff or camera work or whatever, what would you, where would you point them? I think that end of things comes about so like, I know like a lot of our production crew, as far as, you know, like videographers, the cameraman, the ringside guys, like their backgrounds come from all over the place. Like, you know, a lot of them do their sports, you know, different sports backgrounds, and then they come into wrestling and, you know, they stick with it, you know, and that's just like, you know, this is what my job is going to be. I will stay with the wrestling company. And, the, I think imagine the production end of things, I imagine being so much more difficult of like, I want to be a videographer for wrestling and they like, okay, I guess you would want to find like a local indie. Perhaps that's one way to do it. Find, you know, your local indie and try to make an ends there. And, but as it gets on a larger scale, I think it's just, you know, putting in the time and getting good at your job. And because wrestling is a very different animal to film than any other sport and i have filmed every sport that i can possibly think of uh and wrestling is very different from any of them because you in your standard sports you pretty much just have to follow the ball it's pretty you can get yeah especially things like baseball or hockey where it is a very fast moving object you pretty much just follow the ball and wrestling is like a, as a videographer, you have to anticipate what's going to happen. And a lot of that comes from just watching and knowing, knowing what they do, knowing, you know, people, people's signatures are and their moves and their, their good spots, because you have to be there, you know, especially if it's like an indie show where it's usually one camera, maybe two. Not, there's not options for picking up different angles from the shot to cover it if your shot is bad. It's you are the shot. Uh, and it's just there's so many different aspects. Be it the you know, As you get bigger, too, then you get the graphics guy, and then you've got the audio engineers and directors, producers, which, man, which I want to say was last year on AEW's YouTube page, they put up like a feed of what the audio sounds like in the in the directors in the production truck. Like, and it's just, you know, ready one, take one, ready two, take, and it's done so fast. And like, I've worked as a director uh, when I was in college for like a local, like our local channel, you know, just broadcasting, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, like broadcasting a meeting. So that's just like, you know, ready one, take one. If you can find that audio feed on AEW's YouTube channel, it's insane. It's like preparing well, think- yourself for that kind of camera work. Yeah, I, I seen it on. I think it was on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. I was watching that. Was it? I think they also did one with CM Punk when he came in. Mm-hmm. It yes, was, it was. Yes. It was That's that night. Holy crap! I mean, I, yeah. I, I went. I have a media background, a media degree, and electronic media, and it was just like it was so fast paced. Take one, take mm-hmm. two, push in, go here, go there. You know, slow fade out, back, back out. You know, it's just like, geez, a friggin' pizza. How do you keep yeah. that shit straight? 
Yeah, exactly. It blew, like, when I heard that, it just, because I've never sat in the truck during TV. I know it's always like an open invitation, but I've never gone in there and listened. So seeing that for the first time, it's like, wow. So if you're somebody who has an interest in getting into that side of things, like that's what you need to be prepared for. I think I would love if, if I got a chance to go to a live event, I would love just to pull up a chair, not be backstage. I want to be in the truck because I mm-hmm. am such a geek with how things work. And how things are put together. Plus, I got no place in the back. I mean, I, there's that's for the the people who need to be there. I, I would just be in the way, but just to see the machine work and how they do different things. I mean, it's 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 an art form that very few people do, and that's why very few people actually do it because they are the ones who do it very very well. Yeah, yeah, and we are fortunate to have an exceptional production crew, like top to bottom from camera to graphics to sound engineers to directing producing like then just there are our video production crew that deals with the road twos and the control centers and the countdown shows like all of that stuff like i'm constantly just am in awe of what they do and how they do it and how fast they do it right fast with quality is just like an exceptional skill and oh absolutely very fortunate to, have that. to be able to do something quickly but do it also precisely um that's a fine art that not a lot of people can do no i i agree with you 100 uh, percent yeah i know we're running low on here on time but i i did uh want to talk to you really quickly about this book Tell me a little oh, yes. bit more about this book that's happening and when can we expect this bad boy to hit shelves? I, my So the book is called Code of Honor and then it's got a subtitle that I can't remember offhand um, that is twice as long as the name of the book. But essentially it's like a look into the history of Ring of Honor and it's 20 years as you know, to me and to my editor, uh, Jonathan Snowden, who wrote a really excellent book about Ken Shamrock uh, yes. recently. The, that Ring of Honor is the most influential company in pro wrestling in the last 20 years. Yes, and so it's di- delving into the history of the company from uh, the dying, the, the end of ECW and what of that led into the creation of Ring of Honor. And then, you know, exploring the next 20 years um, up through pretty much final battle of 2021, kind of being the end point because, um, if you just if you didn't every book has to like i had to go into it with thinking of this is going to be the end point because it's a ever-evolving story if i just you keep going the book never ends you never actually finish because the story never ends um so that's kind of like the end point of it looking at it up to there and uh just talking you know talking to it through the people who who lived it as a wrestler in the office as a fan um as, people that were business associates. Um, like, for example, I've spoken to some of the people we worked with at HDNet. I talked to Evan Ginsberg, who was one of the associate producers on The Wrestler from working with that, um, trying to you know, talk to some of the people we worked with internationally you know, with the, some of those tours in Japan and the UK. Uh, just anybody who's had various experiences through the company be in any form um, you know, with a mix of uh, newsletter history and you know, stuff like that. Uh, just trying to 
paint the big picture of the company and all the the ups and downs of it over the last 20 years. So it's not my story of the company. It is, you know, a a story of the company. It's told by I think it's exciting. Those who lived it. Yeah, Someone no, referred I, to it as kind of an oral history. The the anthology of, of what was Ring of Honor and what it continues to be because Obviously, we're just going to be seeing a new chapter unfolding soon, and I think we're all incredibly excited for it. I know you're probably really jonesing to see what is going to come next, especially for the wrestling fans who you know, love Ring of Honor and to know that it is going to continue and that it is in good hands with Tony Khan. I think definitely puts a lot of people's worries at ease um, because I think we also agree, a lot of wrestling fans, if, if that happened to go to WWE... Um, yeah, it would kind of sting a little. And uh, I'm glad that it's well, going to be not staying. Not just in. for fans, but not just for fans of Ring of Honor, but I, to me too, it's that fans who, people who don't know it. Right. There's so, there's so much content in there and so many wrestlers who never got to be seen on a large scale because we were selling a thousand DVDs you know, it's a thousand, you know, it's, it's one of those, like the perception of Ring of Honor scale, again, was not as big as it seemed. Like you sell a thousand of copies of a DVD, that's a thousand people and their friends who saw it, some bootleggers, people were at the live events. You know, so not, not as many people saw the product as could see it now. You know, you get someone like Nigel McGuinness, who, for my money, is one of the absolute best wrestlers of the last 20 years but who mm-hmm. never got to be seen on that scale. Like people who need to see, to me as a fan, people need to see the matches that Brian and Brian Davis oh, yeah. and Nigel had. <clears throat> Nigel and Morishima's matches. Nigel as, the, for, as the, 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 pure, the man who really made the pure championship mean something for that company. Nigel as the world champion. Like he, for me, to me, he might be my number one of that video library that people just need to see because he was just so damn good without the profile to really be seen by everyone. No, well yeah, said. No, definitely. Um, give us all your details here. Give us all the details where people can follow you. Um, so people can follow your updates on all the projects you're working on. I am ridiculously excited to, uh, to have gotten a chance to talk to you and to get to know you and um it's just it's really cool it's the wrestling world is a great community and i think we're we're smaller than what people think and when you actually get to put a name with a face and get to hear someone's story it it just um it, it really puts that final piece into the puzzle so the floor is yours go ahead and plug promote anything and everything at Hagedorn Shane is my Twitter and my Instagram. Uh, Facebook is just Shane Hagedorn. I rarely ever use it aside from just posting links to my content that I write. Um, the book, Code of Honor, will be out on Hybrid Shoot Press uh, probably in next year. My deadline is December. So probably won't see the light until you know early next year unless I finish it early. But there's a lot <laughs> talking to a lot of people and then, you know, filtering through the interviews for the content that I want and then finding all the historical references and the assorted newsletters and everything. Oh, there's a, a, a lot going on here. 
<laughs> would have, uh, you know, there's so much more than I could have anticipated. Um, and so many people just willing to, to tell me their stories too, which is super cool. Um, and then, yeah, every, every week on the AEW website, the previews for our various live event for our various events, that's, uh, that's my handiwork. And then if you feel like hearing me run my mouth about ring of honor history, you can go check out an honorable mention podcast at, uh, an honorable pod on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's sensational. Love it. Love it. Love it. Ritster, do you have a final question? Anything else on your mind, sir? Normally I sit there and ask the hot tub time machine question, but I'm kind of speechless. I I, I don't know how I would phrase it to him. Because I had an idea. I had an idea, if I may interject. Hot tub time machine question. Yeah. Well, can I throw a little twist on this one for uh, for Shano? Freeland, I will let you take the floor with this one. Shane, if you could go back to any event that you were a part of, go ahead and sit front row. Turn back the hands of time. What would you go back and what would you watch without having to be busy, not having to do anything, just sit there as the younger version of yourself and just say, I'm just going to soak this in. What would it be? I actually love this. Say that again. Glory by Honor 5, night two. Our first show in the Manhattan Center upstairs in the Grand Ballroom. Main event was Brian Danielson versus Kenta for the Ring of Honor world title. Uh, That would probably be it. That's awesome. It's a great match. That is sensational. And it was a tremendous night as well. I mean, uh, it'd be a tremendous night as a fan. Uh, for me, that night was an absolute nightmare. Um, but <laughs> as a fan, as a sh- just watching it as a show, it would be wonderful to go sit down in the crowd and watch that show without any responsibilities to worry yes. about whatsoever. Just to soak it all in and say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not working the night tonight. I'm just going to have fun. That is a great answer. Uh, Shane, we're definitely going to plug the podcast when the book comes out. Please, 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 please let us know. I would love to Absolutely. get a chance to, to read that as well. Any chance we can twist your arm to come back again and, and talk some wrestling ring of honor and just pick your brain on some more topics. Absolutely. I love doing this stuff. I love talking about wrestling. It's, it's absolutely fun and so I, much I fun to reflect agree. back on stuff and find out what other people like. And just, you know, that's, a that's part of the fun of it, man. Hey, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, my friend. Six degrees. We are all somehow interconnected. So yes. Shane Hagedorn, guys, please follow him on all formats of social media as well. Uh, now when you see these things on AEW's website, you know who does it. Also, listen to his podcast. Follow him. You want to be close to wrestling and you love Ring of Honor? Hit him up on social media as well. He'd be more than happy to go ahead and indulge in your questions. Uh, Shane, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for carving some time out of your evening. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Shane. Shane Hagedorn right there. I mean, incredible. The things that he's done, the things that he's seen are unbelievable. I mean, think about this. You go into wrestling. You go into wrestling to train to be a wrestler. Then all of a sudden, other opportunities present themselves. And because the squeaky wheel gets the oil or the grease or whatever the hell it is. He just continued to evolve and he evolved 
And over the years, he evolved and he started accumulating all these different abilities and, and all these different attributes that he can contribute to the wrestling industry. And look where he is today. Um, it's a perfect story. It's a perfect story of paying your dues and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and, and being part of the ring crew and being humble and maybe not making a ton of money in the beginning, but knowing that if I keep doing what I'm doing, there there is going to be you know a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, uh, metaphorically speaking, because I don't think leprechauns exist. But you you get the point with all that. Um, what's your takeaway from everything, Rit? Man, it just shows that just because one you want to do one thing in life doesn't mean that's what you're going to end up doing. Absolutely. You know, Shane, Shane ended up taking many aspects, put on many hats at different times. And, man, I, I loved how this was just a coincidence. I When I booked Carrie for tonight, mm -hmm. I forgot all about you booking Shane. Yes. And, and all of a sudden, here we are doing a, you know, one week removed from the big announcement. Ring of Honor a, shows. A complete Ring of Honor show right yep. now. And man, it's just sitting down, you know, with Carrie, you know, hour one, then Shane, hour two. Yep. And you, you, you just, it kind of makes you want to just go back and start watching some Ring of Honor. It does. It absolutely does. And I have a feeling that another big announcement coming, maybe within the next six months to a year, I hope that AEW does end up launching a streaming service because all of their wonderful content, all of Ring of Honor's content, it is going to be something that so many fans are going to Jones for. And I think it's going to become very, very successful. And I hope Shane gets more opportunities to work with that because I think he will definitely add his flavor into the mix and definitely uses artistic abilities to make it a very, very successful platform. And Freeland, I have to say one, the twist on the hot tub time machine question was impeccable. I was there for 10 minutes at least trying to like, how am I going to twist this? You know, the, the man wears so many hats. He does. It could have gone in, in, in 12 different directions. You know, and the second thing I want to say is I want to thank you. Knowing that the man sells merchandise and has a book coming out and you <laughs> did not ask for one thing. I didn't. Free. Not yet. Not yet, but now that I'm friends with Shano, I tell you what, Shane, T-shirt, come on. Huh? Huh? What do you think? Oh, here we go. Kenny Omega shirts. Oh, my hot, God. Hot if off I, the presses. If, if I could get a, 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 a used knee pad of Kenny Omega. Oh, my God. I, I can't even I can't even begin to describe how I would feel. be amazing. Oh, anyway, I digress. There is so many things. Um, we, not the book as book has not come out yet. Hopefully when we get it, it, we will be able to go ahead and get an advanced copy. And, um, we could actually do that on, uh, on overbooked, read it. We could, we could do it on overbooked. It could be part of the book club. All right, guys, not to fast forward here. Um, but we are going to step out and do a, a short break here. We come back. It's panel time. We're going to bring the ass man in. We're going to bring. Liam Savage in, a.k.a. whatever the hell he calls himself this week. And uh, Anton will be manning the phones. There is the hotline number will be open tonight. I will be leading this three-ring shit show circus. So don't go anywhere. We're going to stop out. I'm losing earpieces. Look at that. It's on my shoulder. Where's my shoulder? Over there. 
Don't go anywhere. This is Front Row Material. It's your Tuesday night. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the program. It is Front Row Material, and I'm sitting way too close to this thing. I tell you what, let me adjust this. Oh, my God. No, no, you, you just got bigger over the break. I, I did. I got a little I got a little chunky monkey. Yeah, I did. So, so much has been going on so far in tonight's episode. But, Rick, you and I haven't had a chance to catch up. So, before these uh, weirdos pop in here, what, has been, what else has been going on with you? I mean, what's, what's new in your world? Not much. I just bought... Uh... The new series of figures that just came Ser- out. Series eight, series seven. You bastard! Are you serious? It's one, one with the best friends in it. Are they, did they both come in the same package, or are they separate? No, it's it's six uh, separate figures. Nice. Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Trent. I can't remember the other one. Is Sue in the minivan? Why is that not an action figure? It should be. Uh, and, and then I got Johnny John Moxley uh, from Series Five. Nice to uh, finish that setup. So you got you got your Cody LJN. Yes, I do. You did get a Cody LJN. Good for you. I found it at Walmart. Fifteen bucks clearance. I don't know how. It's a clearance figure. It's a clearance item right there. Why? Because he's no longer with the company, or is he? No, no. He's he's with. Uh, Ring of Honor. Well, everybody keeps talking about that he still could uh, show up in, in WWE, so I have no idea. Anything's possible. Love to know what the people in the chat think. You guys think that Cody's going to be uh, coming back to either AEW or to, once again, Ring of Honor, or do you think he's going to show up at uh, Mania or the Monday Night Raw after that? It, it's hard for me to sit there. and That would almost be like me you know, creating a show or creating a company, seeing it be successful. Right. And then leave. Like, and then try to destroy it. I don't know if it could. No, no, no matter what backstage stuff could have happened or been said or anything, that's your baby. I think it's a work ski, big time. I think mean, uh, the whole thing is. I, I said that also. You know, that is the biggest swerve I've ever heard. So, Speak, Speaking of swerve, swerve, uh, Shane Strickland has signed with AEW, which I know a lot of people are, are really excited about as well. AEW, when it first opened its doors and they gave a lot of people opportunity, uh, in my opinion, they gave a lot of indie talent a platform to stand on and show what they have. Now those original contracts are coming to an end. The ones that are, that flourish there will stay. The ones that have it, they got all that exposure and experience where they can go elsewhere and, you know, make a name and make money there, you know, and, and that's why they're able to bring in new, new people to do it all over again. And there's nothing to say people can't come back. Sometimes we, we've always heard a phrase, sometimes you got to leave to be able to come back. And sometimes you got to hone your skills and maybe you need to, um, I hate to say it, but even do a little growing up too. And, you know, realizing what you had and where you want to be and what type of individual you are and then get it together and come back again. So the beauty of having a company like AEW around is that 
it just gives more guys and gals a place to work, to shine, to get exposure, and be better at what they do. And I, I can't, I can't knock AEW for what they do. I really think they put on a great show. Did you get to catch the Revolution pay per view? I was trying. I, I went on fight, and guess what? Not available in the states. I was so disappointed that it, it was strictly for on Bleacher Report. It happens. So I'm just gonna wait until the replay comes on and watch it in full. But I I seen some some you know exciting clips on on Twitter. I do love my man William Regal. Yes, coming, up, coming over. That's exciting. Oh, man, he he was for the longest time like the heart and soul of NXT during yes. their their peak. Now he's there in AEW on screen. I'm sure he's going to do some great things behind the scenes. And I cannot wait to see what he, Moxley, Danielson are up to and where they're going to go. I concur. I was, uh, I actually did get to catch the pay-per-view and, and I was you could have sent me a link. The things I do for you, sir. I was. I, I thought you were busy. I thought you were busy. I thought you had things going on. You got a lot going on right now these days, my friend. I do have a lot going on, but when I get to, a chance to sit down and watch a good pay-per-view, like I honestly thought Thunder Rosa was walking out. So did I. So did I. And I, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is they are going to be in her hometown soon. And I'm wondering if they are going to build that up to where she is actually going to end up taking the belt in her hometown in front of her hometown crowd. I think that would be, if if that is the case, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. What did you think the match of the night was in your in your opinion? Um, the match of the night. Wow, there, there's so many matches that you could have said. I, first of all, I think the contenders are um, Jericho Kingston was definitely a contender. No, I, I can't believe that opened up the show. I know, I know. Uh, I love the dog collar match very much. Uh, I thought the Adam Cole, Adam Page, the Battle of the Adams was really, really good. So, man, if I had to pick one. Gosh. I guess I would have to say the main event was, was for me. I would have to say that. But then again, that, 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 match with sting jumping off the the balcony mm -hmm. going through three tables i mean it, not just to say because it was a high spot but it, be, it was a good match too it told a really really good story so you know it's uh it was just a great show there were some definite moments that i thought were like eh um i i love i love uh chris atlander but is it um Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch. I feel like she's really coming into herself. Do you remember you and I had this conversation a while ago that if Layla started to get a little more fiery, that's what she needed. When uh, Statlander needs to get a little fiery and not so nice, that would work out for him. I think it definitely did. Th that pre-show, all three matches. Excellent. Were excellent. Like, now, oh, continue. Uh, that woman's match was a battle. The hook QT match, 
I, I, I love they gave Hook, you know, a little exposure. Hook's come, coming along very nicely. The crowd is super into him, you know. And then the six-man, like, I actually thought the Death Triangle and Eric Redbeard were going to go out on top. I so agree. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, what, when's it going to happen? You know, this the trios title. I, I know, I know. ROH has a trios title. They do. Well, you heard what Tony said. Tony said he wanted to bring one back once Kenny was healthy. So why we wait until Kenny's healthy? Because it's Kenny. Come on, let's go. Seriously. No, seriously. You and if, I if, talked about if like AEW ago. is if AEW is Sesame Street, then he's fucking Big Bird. Okay. That's just the way it works, okay? The Young Bucks, they're Burt and Ernie. You have never gone through this scenario of the way you you, you would classify wrestlers as if they were on Sesame Street. No, I kind of I thought that Kenny Omega would have been like a snuffleupagus. No. No, that's Powerhouse Hobbs. MJF is the Oscar. guy that lives in the garbage can. Yeah, Oscar see? It always works out that way. Chris, Chris Jericho's got to be... Uh... Cookie Monster, we're gonna say. I was gonna go with uh, Wardlow being Cookie Monster, but Orange Cassidy's got to be Elmo. You're so smart. I love it. Speaking of people who are so smart, we're gonna bring in our two panel members. You may know him as Woody. You may know him as Liam Savage. God darn it! But tonight he's known to everyone as Woody Plow. Woody Plow. Look at that man. Look at you and your leather jacket. Is that a leather jacket? No, it's no. just a winter jacket. It's just a winter coat. You hanging out in the garage again? You know the drill. Yes. You, did you trim the beard? Did you yep. trim the herd? Yeah. Wow. It, it's still lined up looking nice, though. It's st- it is very much still lined up. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. I do what I can. Let's bring in another Canadian. Uh, we formally refer to him as the ass man, uh, but you don't have to do that. We just like to call him the butt. What's going on, buddy? This is Whoa. it, gentlemen. Another is day. That a hair- color. Is that a haircut? Man, slicked back. Haircut, yeah, buddy. Man, it's gonna be a hot night at the butt residence. I tell you what, it was yeah. time. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. For the haircut or for the hot time? Both. Uh, oh my god! Because you know, you know, the hot hair leads to a hot time. You know that? I can't look like a complete redneck all the time. So no, nah, I you- get the beard trimmed down. Who's on your shirt right there? Is that a Silas Young shirt? Silas Young. Yep. Love it. Love the Silas Young shirt. Very good. Let's. Uh, what What are you rocking right there, uh, Winter Boy? What are you wearing? Uh, a hoodie like last time, and there you go. Oh, ooh, what What is the the beverage of the night? Is it, Is that a stout? It's a. What is it called? It's called. Hazelnut Latte Imperial Milk Stout. Oh, my gosh. I almost feel like we need to have a beer podcast. I really do. Like an extension of FRM. What are you, what are yeah. you drinking there, ass man? I got a Four Roses small batch bourbon. Wow. What are you drinking, Rit? Mountain Dew. Hanging out in your kitchen. Not, not mine. Not my kitchen. I'm hanging out on the non-dead ants uh, sofa. Uh, she didn't die on this one. Uh, but we did get this one from her. She died in the chair. 
So anyway, I thought I would. Well, separate. it was a match and set. You can't you can't split up the set. Listen, just because a family member dies in the room doesn't mean everything else is somehow contaminated. So why not? I mean, the paramedics got her out of the room, so it's it's time to start scavenging. See what you got. You know what I mean? I got a crock pot out of the deal too. What about the microwave to your left? That one was. <laughs> I can't slide anything past you. I made sure my entire house is furnished with dead people's items. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Some people say, you know, their spirit is still attached to these things. Well, guess what? You can be attached as all you want. Just make sure you heat up my hot pocket. I don't mind. You know what I'd like? What would be really good? And Rip might know about this. If I had a trophy to hang on my wall. A trophy, you a say? A specific trophy. A Pacific trophy. Oh, what do we got here? Yeah, we t- you know we trying to broker a deal? Joshua? No, no, no. We, we, we already brokered the deal. It just hasn't got shipped out yet. Kind of. No, I brokered the deal. You pocketed the cash. Actually, oh, no. It's, it, it's still sitting in my PayPal. I feel like I've been freeling. <laughs> oh, what? How do I get brought into this horse shit? I don't get to have some type of coveted <laughs> award <laughs> from Japan. You, you you can't sit there and, ha- and hang this on the wall. Why not? No, you have to put it on a shelf. There's a base to it and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to build a shelf. <laughs> well, I, it's a good there thing you, you, you know a good wood guy. Yeah. I might know that, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, let's get into our first topic here. Uh, it is Hall of Fame season right now for WWE, which not really sure if that counts for anything. However, uh, going into the Hall of Fame this year, number one is going to be... Uh, no, it's not my ex-mother-in-law. It is The Undertaker. They may smell the same, but he had a much more successful career as she only did mud wrestling in bars. Undertaker's going in. Uh, Vince McMahon is going to be going ahead and inducting him. The next guy that's going in is from... The Rocky Mountains of Boulder, Colorado. Vader. Vader time. I can. I still can't do the V with the fingers that way. I gotta like. I gotta like angle them a little bit. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm a little disappointed that they waited this long for Vader. I think Vader. Vader should have been in while he was still alive. And what? how often did they? Down. How how often do they do that though? They wait till somebody is is no longer with us. Before they decide to put him in, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised. I, I'm really, really surprised that uh, Warrior lasted as long as he did. I mean, I have heard that he had a lot of health issues post wrestling, just with uh, you know his engagements and the things that he did, extracurricular activities, uh, just to his heart. So it did surprise me. So let's go around the horn here, uh, Plowboy. What do you think about? First of all, uh, Undertaker going in, and then Vince inducting him, and then what's your take on the career of Vader? Uh, Undertaker, he's a legend. Oh. Wow. Wow. Wrong I'm going to sound the dick alarm on that one because <laughs> wrong button. he literally is in the middle of speaking, and you're like, and fuck you, you're out. <laughs> Holy cow. Go bake wrong, a pie. Get the hell out of button. here, Rit. Go put your teeth in. Oh, my God. Continue. Okay. Uh, where the fuck was I? Uh, <laughs> Undertaker is an icon and a legend. 
Yes, and I'm surprised he got that far on such a shitty gimmick. Like, if we're honest, because, you know, whoever thought that would actually take off, but... I agree. It did. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he deserves to go in more than most people, I would think. So, yeah, and Vince, I guess after Kane did, did his whole uh, tweet scandal, I guess it's like, okay, well, I guess we better uh, put Vince... Uh, Vince up to the podium there, so I guess he's uh, inducting him, so that should so be do interesting. You, do you think Kane really would have been the one, or would have been... I I, I have a feeling he would have been, just because McMahon doesn't like getting any accolades and stuff like that, so right. even to, to be inducting Taker, that would be like, oh, well, you know, you meant a lot to him, so we're gonna put him up there, and it's gonna shine a light on him, sort of, so... But, right. uh... And then as far as Vader, probably one of the best super heavyweights that I can remember. Okay. Uh, the guy was the guy was great on a bunch of different continents, held multiple titles. His run in WWF, yeah, it was one of you maybe wasn't as good, but you know, he did some stuff in all Japan and Noah after that that was really good. Triple Crown winner, all that, and uh, he was just kinda Coasting along uh, until he passed, I guess. So, uh, but he was, man, you can't get much better than uh, Vader as far as the super heavyweight, real athletic super heavyweight. Uh, you know, he was, he was just excellent, and he was real stiff too. Like, you know, he would actually bring it in the ring. He wasn't fucking around. He wasn't being soft. He actually brought it. So, some people appreciated it, some didn't. But that's my thoughts on them. Uh, but what's your take on this? First of all, Undertaker, I think, is a resounding absolutely uh, as far as deserving it. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with with Mark Calloway and what he's contributed to the business. Um, but but Vader, uh, what do you think about Vader? Do you think Vader made the mark that everyone believes he did, or do you feel think he maybe felt short? He made the mark on his career as a whole. Maybe stuff in WWF E was a little lackluster. I mean, he had a great career. I mean, yeah, Liam knows much more about his Japan stuff than I do. I know a little bit about it. I mean, I thought Vader was amazing. I loved him when I was a kid when he came in with that big whatever mask, Jesus big head thing. I thought that was fantastic. You can't tell me that wasn't cool when you were a kid. It was cool but when it would when it would been, blow smoke or whatever the hell oh, it was. Yeah. yeah, but he could have been useless. Not that he was, but I'm just saying he could have been terrible in the ring. Right. But when you're a kid and you see a man that big coming in with that big thing on his head, it's like, yeah, I'm a fan. This guy's the cat's meow. But the fact that the stuff he could do in the ring for a man his size, I mean, he was a very large man, and he could move. Like Liam said. He was stiff. Some guys appreciate it. Some guys didn't. But no, I, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he had a great career. Right? I mean, why, why should he not be in? But he probably should have been in sooner. Um, as I am looking at the chat right here, I want to say someone was also asking a question earlier about a uh, rumor about Psycho Sid going in as well. Um, what's your Just because I, I remember that, what, what's your take on Psycho Sid and if you think he should be in or not? Uh, we'll go to Liam first. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. He he had an aura, right? You know, like he had an aura about him. Like, wasn't very spectacular in the ring or anything. But he brought this crazy intensity that made the fans get behind him. Right. I mean, look at it this way. If he can debut in ECW and they don't shit on him and boo him out of the building, that says something. Especially sure. for that guy. Because I thought they were going to boo the shit out of him. And then, no, nope, they embraced him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he was in the Four Horsemen. He held titles in WWF, WCW. You know, uh, he was in ECW for two shots. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, put him up there as, as if I'm thinking about, like, potential people going in. I, he wouldn't be on my list. But I can't say he shouldn't belong in there. It's like, you know... Uh, he'd be kind of like in the company for me, like of, uh, say Lex Luger, you know, like not spectacular in the ring, but he had something and he was popular and he performed. So, I mean, like just not my cup of tea, but like, you know, you can't really dispute, uh, what he gave to the business. So yeah, I'd say so. I respect that. I respect that completely. Um, so what are your thoughts, those of you out there in podcast land or out there in the uh, in the chat? What's your thoughts? Do you think uh, that Sid should be in the Hall of Fame? Do you think Vader should be in the Hall of Fame? Let's go ahead and let's take some of these questions here. Uh, who is calling me? Who's 203? Oh, no. Stanford. Oh, here we go. Hold on a second. Whoever this is, hold on a hot second. I got to get my thing ready. All right. wasn't the best on the mic clearly with that promo but he definitely has the look and he could have done more if it weren't for that leg injury at the end of wcw uh that's just my opinion also spike dudley was just great selling for him in the one shot he made in ecw uh thanks guys bye all right well that is a uh, that's colin one of ecw fan um really excited I think the that... first the first time he was in there was like against john cronus wasn't it I think it was, yeah. I don't remember Spike, but I think he was in it two or three times, so I, I don't remember. But yeah, yeah I remember John Cronus. He was he he definitely was there. Um, yeah. Travis Bohem says Vader is probably my favorite big man. He was a big scary dude. I agree with you on that one. Travis then follows up with, "Ever see Vader's eye pop out? He oh. shoved it back in and kept going." Here's yep. the funny thing. Um, is there a video of that? There yes. should be some, yeah, of his eye pop. No, well, I mean, it was literally against it's not Dan like Hansen. It was against Dan yep. Hansen. Was it New Japan? Yeah, it was New Japan. It wasn't hanging, but it, you could tell it was out. Yeah. And and he popped it back in himself, but it was so swelled up like around the eyelid and everything for the rest of the match that you knew something was wrong. But it was... I mean, you got balls if you can just take your eye and fucking shove it right back in there. That's that's balls, but jeez. I mean, I, I set my nose one time when I broke it. And that was bad Lovely. enough. I to couldn't what, imagine. To what time? Welcome to I. Smart. That's. Hey, it's still pretty straight, just for the record. It's not bad. It's not bad. No, not at all. So, but yeah, I didn't. I need to see that video, like YouTube paper thing, uh, or it, yeah, it's on YouTube. I'm gonna have to go deep into a rabbit hole that I don't understand. No, it might no. be on YouTube. I'm not sure, but I don't have it. But someone might. I can't uh, put New Japan stuff on my channel, so. No, because you'll get flagged, won't you? Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. Goodness gracious. Um, what else was I going to say? I mean, as I far as people getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, I do feel like there's a point in time where they're going to start running out of people because if they put it, everybody from the 80s in, then they're going to put everyone from the 90s in. And then you know Triple H and Randy Orton are going to go in. Uh, is there anybody right now that you think – I mean, l- let's go down the list here. AJ Styles in the Hall of Fame? I would say yes. Yeah. Probably. Randy Orton? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. I'm trying to think who else. Is Seth Rollins will be in the Hall of Fame. Roman yeah. Reigns will be in the probably, Hall of Fame. Yes, Roman will probably. Yeah. Um, there was recent discussion about. I don't know if you saw this. Umaga getting yeah. into the Hall of Fame. No. Uh, Rikishi. Oh, it's a definite no for me. Um, but there were evidently some uh, some people who were trying to get behind the concept of Rikishi push. Listen, he's probably pu- he's pushing for a family member. I, I respect that. Yeah. But Umaga, ooh, I mean, he was he was fun. Not so much when he was doing the Umaga thing, but really, he's a step above a jobber. Not to be a jerk, but well, don't uh, say that uh, to Stevo. Stevo basically almost well lost half know, his torso yeah. in that that big pass. He should have off the top rope. Yeah, he kind of deserved that. But. Good God Almighty! Almost killed Umaga him. was. Very good for his size, though. He was very, uh, he oh, moved yeah. very well and all that. Like, he's like a lot of the Samoans. Like, the, the, a lot of them will be very heavy set, but they move like, like cats. Like, even Yokozuna. Like, holy shit. Like, he shouldn't have moved as good as he did. Yeah. There's no yeah. reason he should have, but still, you know. That's got to be a genetic thing. Cause you see it in the NFL, yeah. too. Samoan right. guys that are large, but they yeah. can yep. move, like, very agile, strong as a bull, but can move, too. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! Every time I th- I can't say it. There, there's somebody in the wrestling business who, whenever I talk to them, they look at me. They go, "Yes, me, strong like bull." I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's Iron uh, Sheik, isn't it? Yeah, I would love to, to interview the Iron Sheik. I would. Huh. I would love that, and I would love for him to tell me to go fuck my ass. I be mean, a fucking train wreck. It would. It would be such a shit show because I would. I would profess my. Love and admiration for Hulk Hogan, and he would not like that. And uh, no, that'd be fantastic. It would be fantastic. He'd he'd probably drive to your house and fucking kill you or something. (laughs) No, he wouldn't do that. He would break my back, humble me, old country way. And I don't even know old country way. Like, was that really something he said? I I mean, well, it's an Iranian thing, you know? Fuck it. I I guess it is. I have no idea. I don't know many (laughs) Iranians. Um, I know one. That's it. Let's <laughs> makes you so worldly. <laughs> no, it's my cousin's girlfriend. I've known her for fifteen years, but she's you know. she's Iranian. She's from Iran. Yeah. Oh, so. she yeah. is. She's actually from Iran. Iranian. I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. I'm not saying I don't. Do you know anybody no. outside of Canada? Uh, but anybody from another country? You? Yes, Freeland. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. How- how backwoods in the sticks, hillbilly? Do you think I am? I don't you think, think you're I hillbilly. know nobody. I don't think you're. I don't think you're a hillbilly. But I do. <laughs> I do know you're out there. You're out there pretty far. You're fine out there. You have told me that you've seen Sasquatch, or whatever they refer to him as in Canada, from your back window. Well, yeah, but I was drinking. <laughs> so that doesn't count. 
Oh my god. You're just the wilderness type of guy. You just seem like you would have a cabin and you'd have like big gallons of jugs of maple syrup. You'd have like a oh, fuck. a little uh a little what do they call those things? A cast iron stove with some smoke and you're like whittling something in a chair you made and there's just forest all around you and then there's this You think he lives in truck. frontier times or something? Holy I shit. I don't know. It's Canada. I think he has electricity yeah. obviously by the seeing him on the podcast here. Fuck. I do today. Power hasn't gone out. It's good See? day. See? There you go. Speaking of power, AEW has brought some people in that have power and one of them made a big debut on the Revolution pay-per-view and that is William Regal, formerly known as Lord Stephen Regal. <laughs> is now all elite. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the pay-per-view or caught on YouTube. Uh, the way he made his entrance yeah, was pretty cool. Was very yeah, cool. Yeah, it was pretty opinion. decent. Um, I feel like he's going to be a good influence in the back. I think he's definitely going to be someone who's going to help out the talent as well. I think that a lot of people would say that he was probably one of their biggest pickups uh, since the formation of AEW. Would you agree? Uh, I'd say as far as knowledge and managerial scouting, uh, training too. I mean, you know, he was training at the PC for God knows how long, right? Correct. So, I mean, that, that guy, he, he is, uh, he's about as underrated as you can get as far as just everything that guy brought to the table and, you know, like my dad, uh, uh, when I was getting back into wrestling in the, like the mid to late nineties, he was he wasn't like too keen on it at first, and then he started to like it. But at first, he he kind of walked by this TV one day and he saw Regal on the TV and he was like, "Oh, that guy's pretty good." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, he's all right." And he's like, "He's like got the scientific thing there, and like he's British." And he's like, "Oh, now it makes sense because you know my dad's British, so so he kind of gets that whole thing." But um, that's just like you know. As far as just uh, someone you could put on your roster that could really help out in a number of ways, probably not many people better than Regal. Jerry, obviously, you know, it'd be like on the same par because Jerry can kind of do it all as well. But, you know, Regal, shit. Nothing wrong with that. It's a darn good pickup right there, but what's your take? Yep. Oh, um, pretty much the same Woody said. Uh, great pickup. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. He's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did just about everything for for WWE, you know, where it be in the performance center, the scouting. You know, I kind I hope they bring him in and have him do a, a general manager role. I think that'd be yes. that'd be pretty interesting, just something like that. And the way he came in with uh, in between uh, Moxley and yeah, Danielson. Daniel Bryan, Daniel, Daniel Bryan, yeah. Bryan Danielson, where you want to call him. <laughs> right, right, I, forget, I forget from time to time. Well, uh, yeah, I totally had a brain cramp. What he goes by these days now, but yeah, I think it was fantastic. No, he just—he has that presence. Yes, when, when he's on, he just looks when he's chewing Moxley out, and he—he he looked like he would slap shit out of him. He did. He looked and like he, he could take him and stretch him. Right, he's like—he's the angry dad coming in. Junior's acting up. And pops is here to adjust his attitude. I agree. That's the feeling you, I get from him, and I think it's fantastic. Great authority figure. When he came in, I thought he was going to 
beat beat someone's ass but he 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 slapped him around pretty fucking good but then he said hey get your heads together here let's make this happen and uh he got blood on his suit and he's always dressed to the nines i mean he's always like so classy but i would not want to upset that man either because just the way he could just eviscerate you with his words and the way he could look at you and then god knows what he could do if he got his hands on you but even at his age now he would beat the terror out of you Oh, absolutely. He just comes across as the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's no spring chicken, but he will adjust your attitude. I agree. Split. Speaking of people who have been known to adjust other people's attitudes, uh, Anne was a big in the attitude era. You like that segue? Um, it looks like it's finally going to come to fruition. Stone Cold Steve Austin has officially uh, accepted the appearance on the KO show, which will be taking place at WrestleMania. Now, it hasn't really been determined yet what is gonna, exactly is going to happen, but Steve Austin cut a promo, and he said, I don't care if it's a fight, I don't care if it's a match, or me just whipping your ass, I will be your guest on the KO show at WrestleMania. Um, Kevin Owens said that he was going to stun Steve Austin and then uh, have a big milk bath all over him, and then Steve Austin responded, let me ask you this, Steve Austin, we've talked about it. It's been 19 years since the man has stepped into a ring. Knee injuries, neck injuries, all of this. Do we think that it's going to be a match match, or do we think it's just going to be beating him around the ring, cracking some beers open, making him look like a fool, whipping the crowd up, yep. a good time, five, six-minute segment, and then he's out? It's not even going to be a match. It's going to be some... Uh, whatever paper pit knockoff type of thing. He's going to stun him, drink beer, done. Hold on a second. We're going to call again from ECW fan. Here we go. Hold on. Where the hell is Anton tonight? How am I answering the phones? Yeah. First of all, Freelance, since Anton's not here, you're the backup. That's why I'm calling you. Second of all, I don't see a match with Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. I see this as a talking segment. They're going to say some stuff. Uh, Austin's going to throw a few centers, drink some beers, and possibly I see JBL and Booker Team coming out because they're from Texas too with a clothesline from hell and uh, the scissors kick. They're going to celebrate with some beer, and that's about it. We move on to the next segment. Thanks, guys. Bye. Actually, oh, like that's, a, that. that's a great take. Um, that's a great take. I mean, there's going to be other people from Texas as well, and maybe they'll take offense to what Kevin Owens is saying. Do you feel like this necessarily moves the needle as far as selling tickets? We'll go to we'll go to uh, Woody first. Uh, I, I guess for the old school fans that just want to see him for a couple of minutes on WrestleMania, but you know, it's like the the world's worst kept secret: Steve Austin coming back. It's like you know, I guess a lot of us thought it probably wouldn't have actually happened, but like if it's in this case, yeah, like it sounds believable because there's not going to be a match, obviously. Right. It's a segment, but yeah, it'll it'll move the needle, I guess, as far as like interest in mainstream media, old school fans wanting to see. But it's not gonna. It's it's just kind of going with the adage that they can't make new stars; they have to keep going back to the well. So, you know, where's John Cena? Is he gonna be there too? And The Rock and everybody else? Like, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not gonna work anymore. It's it's just it's old hat now. So. I, I personally don't care, but I mean, I'm sure some people do. Whatever. But what's your take? Uh, you know, it's it's obviously for nostalgia. 
Mm-hmm. It's obviously for the fact that they're in Texas. It's obviously to sell some tickets as well. Um, I, if you were going to watch the event and you were kind of like, well, I might watch the event. I might not watch the event. Oh, Stone Cold's coming back to be on the Kevin Owens show. I'm definitely sitting down and watching this. Does that is that a big needle mover for you? Or is it like, It'd be kind of cool to see, but it it's not going to be a determining factor whether or not I watch the event. It'd be cool to see. I'll watch it. I mean, I'll, I'll look forward to it, but I it won't change if I was going to watch it or if I wasn't. Right. It's it's, it's cool. No, I'll probably watch it. No guarantees, but I'll probably watch it. But it's not like I got to get in my lazy boy and watch it because you never know what it's what segment it's going to be on. I can't walk away. No. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be fun. That's about uh, it. It's it's not going to help any storyline. It's not going to help Kevin Owens. That's for damn well sure. It, it's, it's going it, to make him look like a punk. It is, it, and that's the thing I keep coming back to. A, it's a one-off. A, Kevin Owens doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania. It's going to be a short segment. I say no more than about five six minutes. Might even not even be that. But I mean, if it embarrasses Kevin Owens, how does that really necessarily? help Kevin Owens because Steve's only coming in, but you know, Steve's not going to come in unless he's going to hit some stunners, drink some beers and make Owens look like a fool, but then he's going to peace out and he's going to be gone that night. Owens still has to come back. Do you think that hurts Kevin Owens or do you think people just go, eh, it's a stone cold thing. Everybody gets a stunner from him. I think it'll be irrelevant. I, I just, it won't hurt him. It's not like it's going to derail his career or nothing like that. Sure. He's going to have nothing for him right now anyway. So it, it does get him a little more exposure, but it's not going to help him. It's not. It's it's going to be irrelevant. I don't think it's going to be good or bad. As a fellow Canadian, does that, uh, does that bother you that he's not getting a match? Because Kevin Owens arguably is one of their one of their premier guys they've got, and plus they're paying him a boatload of money. Why are you not putting this guy on WrestleMania? I, I guess I don't, outside of this segment, I just don't understand why he's not having a match. There's only so many people to go around, you know? Yeah, but right now, Seth Rollins doesn't have an opponent. Yeah, yeah, but they're tag team partners, aren't they? I think, I, mean, I, I don't know. I guess, they're, yeah, no, there's an alliance. You hate them. WWE, so you wouldn't know, no! but I think they are. Stop no, it. no, of course you not. You do, Freeland. That is not yeah. accurate. You, it is accurate. Every you, you just did it. You did it with the Hall of Fame. You went, well, the Hall of Fame's coming up for whatever that's worth. and Okay. Know, right away. Yeah. Yep. For whatever that's worth. Some people like the WWE Hall yeah. of Fame. For whatever that's worth. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of Cauliflower Alley. That's all I'm going to say. That's an awesome Hall of Fame. It's not WWE. That's why you like okay. it. No, because it's a wrestling. No, because it's not WWE. Okay, we're done with this poo-pooing on me. Mm. Good God. Truth hurts. Um, Someone's got to do it. So, WrestleMania itself, I'm going to go down the card and just kind of go over these things. Um, I want to know if you think the matches are pretty predictable on who's going to win. I think they are. I think that it is very much, yep, 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 nope, 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 yep, nope. That's what I think it's going to turn into. Um. Before we get there, let's, let's talk about this. This is becoming a weekly thing. Where in the world is Cody Rhodes? So what's going on with Cody Rhodes? What's happening with him? Well, 
there's been a lot of speculation on where he may go. Last Friday, WWE reported that things had kind of cooled off with Cody Rhodes. There's also a story that recently came out that the offer that WWE had originally they had made to Cody, they had then rescinded that because uh, they had a change of heart. Then another story came out and said that they were now going to come up with some additional plans creatively if Cody were to agree to them. However, sources are saying Cody has not gotten back to WWE. At this point in time, Chris, ass man, the butt. Does Cody Rhodes go back to WWE ultimately at the end of this story whenever this damn thing ends? I feel like this is Favre watch again, if you know what I mean. It always was Favre watch in the offseason. Where's Brett? Is he going to retire or not retire? What the hell is going on with Cody? I think he's going to go back to WWE. Uh, That's my feeling. It's either that or I wouldn't be completely shocked to see him show up as a big shot on Ring of Honor. Not that Khan owns it. Right. I don't think he'll end up going back to AEW. Uh, At this point, the fans have turned on him. So that's, you know, he, he has to move on somewhere else. Um. I don't know if there's, there's rumors that there was backstage issues, so maybe that's why he's heading to WWE. Could be a money thing. Who knows? But if I were to bet, I'd say he goes back to Vince. Do you think he goes back? Interesting. Well, let me ask you this. Well, first, I'm going to throw it to uh, to Liam or Woody Plow. Uh, what ultimately happens at the end of this? Is, this? is this really orchestrated well, the what is situation? Do you think that was part of the whole plan? Or do you think, unfortunately, things just didn't go quite as the way we all thought it would happen or the way Cody thought it was happening? I don't know. It's all speculation, right? You never know who's telling the truth. So uh, I think he may be... Just my thought, maybe he thinks he's worth more than he is, and maybe they think, eh, maybe not so much. But if I was WWE, I'd be making a major play for him. Because, it's like I was saying, I think I was saying last week, it's like, you know, they kind of have the, the opposite problem of AEW. AEW is bringing in people all the time. And WWE is, like, letting them go and not really bringing in anybody except for, like, developmental, right? So Right. You, uh, it'd be really stupid for them not to sign him. Try to give, give in a little bit with maybe some of his demands because, you know, just his history and, you know, he, he's an accomplished worker. He knows, he knows what he's doing in the ring. Decent promo, not like amazing, but decent promo, you know, and, and he just maybe, he just takes himself too seriously. I don't know. But maybe that's the impression I'm getting since, like, if, if what's being said is true and negotiations are going back and forth like that, maybe it's like, well, I think I'm worth a bit more because I came from an EVP uh, role and blah, blah, and who knows. Right. But I think he's destined to go back to New York. It's, it's, it's almost a guarantee. I think at this point, it's a layup, you know, there was, there was a lot of speculation on the Madison square garden show that happened this past Saturday night. Like people were just refreshing Twitter left and right, what's going on with Cody because Brock Lesnar did not have an opponent and Roman Reigns did also not have an opponent. And there was also speculation based upon something that Paul Heyman had said on social media that he did not think that Brock Lesnar was going to leave MSG with the WWE Championship, which then started all of this hullabaloo about, whoa, whoa, who could be one of the opponents? Well, 
we found out, I believe one of them was Seth Rollins, and then the other one was Austin Theory. Um, nice. Yeah. So there was a whole lot of anticipation, and at the end of the night, it turned into basically just a glorified house show. Um, not necessarily really thing, anything really super interesting came out of all of that. Why do you think WWE hyped something up like that? I mean, being a house show, not going to be televised. Was it just to get the buzz going? Because they typically done that with shows at the Garden that was not intended to be aired on their network. Well, you always want to create a little bit of buzz, see if you can get get people talking, get some attention on Twitter, get people on podcasts talking about it. Yeah, it worked. Sure. I mean, it, if, mean, if that's what it was, if that's yeah. what it was to accomplish, then yeah, absolutely. I give him kudos for that. But, but, but I'm sure you just think Vince fucked it all up because he's a knucklehead and Tony he's never Tom done shit done that and stuff like that. But I, no, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. Why not create a little bit of create some talking or whatnot? You know, if it if it gets a couple extra people to, you know, hey, let's. You know, see what's going on. Check WWE.com. Get on WWE's Twitter, whatever it be. Probably it was more just just to create a little bit of excitement. Just throw it out there, a little bit of mystery. Never hurts. And K-Babe is dead, so, you know, if you can have a little bit of pretend K-Fabe, we'll say, never hurts nothing. Liam, what's your take on this? I think uh, there's a lot of red herrings that are thrown around, you know, especially with someone that's being rumored to come in. So, you know, with Miz saying, oh, well, I have a dashing uh, partner, you know, because a dashing Cody Rose, and it turned out to be that uh, dumbass Logan Paul, you know. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it just the, – the way the way they do that, it's like – They'll throw those red herrings, and it seems like 90% of the time it doesn't even come to be what everybody's hoping it'll be. So right. they, they can they can throw stuff out like that all the time. Like, oh, well, doesn't look like Brock has a, someone fitting to face him tonight. I don't think he's going to leave with the title if he does face someone. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, whatever. It, it's, a, it's MSG. It's a glorified house show. They always are. And... If they had have put Cody in there as his return, that would have been a little weird. Should be on a national televised uh, show, I would think. But what do I know? I'm not. Uh, I'm not a dumbass like Vince McMahon who runs the stupid WWE, you know, that you hate. So, so if you were to bring Cody back, where do you bring him back? Is he at the top of the heap? Is he back to being a mid carder? Where do you where upper mid card? Upper mid card, so like feuding in for the IC title type of thing, or oh yeah, yeah, D- start building them up to that extent, or is he going to be just a guy who's going to chase the, you know, the universal but never get over type of thing? Like where do you see it going? No, it, w- it would be too obvious if they had him coming in and challenging for the top title right away. So yeah, start him in upper mid card, mid card, you know, build him up, show that he's actually worth uh, what everybody thinks he's worth as far as just you know having the talent in the industry and all that and show that he can prove his worth i don't think that's the worst idea well i don't think it was a bad idea either i was just curious yeah 
Yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah. Not not for the top title right away though. That'd be way too obvious. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go through the WrestleMania card here. Uh, we have a night one and night two. All right. Uh, let's go with this one right here. So Charlotte Flair champion versus Ronda Rousey. Who comes out on top? Charlotte. Ronda. Rousey. Yeah, I, de- I, de- I definitely. They're not going to bring her back to not give her the belt. I-, I just, I don't see it happening. I like Charlotte. I think she's the best female wrestler, but I don't that's, see that. That's them. the one match I'm actually looking forward to because they had a fucking banger last time. Uh, Becky Great Lynch. Match last time. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. Isn't Bianca. Becky hurt? Or is that a work? No, she I, got she got whipped. <laughs> yeah, she got whipped with uh, Bianca's hair on her stomach. She got lashes. I think it's time. I think Bianca Belair is going to get it. Yeah, I just I just think it's time. I mean, the girl has had great matches. She's paid her dues. She's been around long enough. She's great in the ring. Um, why not? I mean, sometimes it's good to mix things up a little bit because big time Bex, uh, that moniker just doesn't really seem to be working a whole lot. Getting over with the audience. Uh, God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Does anybody care? I don't give a shit. I'm going to say The Miz and Logan Paul just because it, that's the cel- one of the celebrity matches. But does it doesn't matter. I don't really think not does. to be a Debbie Downer, but do you care? I don't give three shits. I really don't. Maybe two. About four shits. No, no, I no? can't. Okay. I can't. I can't pinch a loaf like that. Let's go to. Uh, I don't believe that for one minute. This is very true because I can. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin with Madcap Moss. Now, here's what I will say: I love me some Madcap Moss. That guy just—he's got a look. He can wrestle. Um, <sighs> I like Madcap Moss. Drew McIntyre. I like Corbin. I, I have never been able to get on his bandwagon. I like Corbin. So who do you take in this one? Oh, Drew's going to win. I would agree. Drew's going to go over. What do you think, uh, Liam? I'll, I'll, I'll take I don't give a fuck for a thousand, Alex. We'll go with that. Night two. Night two. Now, see, I feel like night two, in my opinion, is is better than, than night one. That's just my opinion. Well, it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um. Uh, gosh. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Now, you're trying to build up Austin Theory, mind you. However, Pat McAfee did have a great match against Adam Cole. Do you think... I'll take Austin put... Theory? You'll take Austin... It I'm going to say, I'm be say Pat McAfee. Really? should be Austin Theory. It should be. Nah. But I'll take nah, Pat McAfee. It'll be Austin Theory. Pat McAfee is an announcer. True. How do you have him come in and go over you know, a, a younger fellow you're trying to build? I mean, he, they, Brock squashed the shit out of him. I mean, it wasn't even. Yeah, it was bad. But... It was like, oh, no. But I, no, I, I agree. Not should... if he won't go over, I don't think. I hope. I feel like it should be uh, Austin Theory once again. You're trying to build him, so why would you bury him with an announcer? I agree with that philosophy completely. I just feel like McAfee's going to end up winning this one. Um, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. <sighs> I don't care. I, I just don't care. I just it's love the, the daily fact. double. I'll I'll bet ten thousand dollars for I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I love the fact that there was this there was this long sigh from the butt. He went. I just. 
No, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I got, care. I got like, like literally, your disdain for this match did not even warrant you getting upset. It was just like, uh, I, why? I mean, no, I don't blame you. Um, there's yeah. no winners in that match. No, there's not. I mean, the audience. I mean, there is going to be a line at the bathroom like a mile long at this one. Uh, then we have Queen Zelina and Carmella. You heard Ugh. the most beautiful woman in wrestling yeah. versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. It's going to be Jesus. a three. He's not in this match. No, he opted out. Um, it's going to be a three team for triple threat, whatever you want to refer to it for the women's tag team championship. Uh, who do you think comes out on top on this one? Uh, hopefully Rhea Ripley and uh, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, sorry. That's what I hope. I think that should be what happens. Liam, what do you, who do you think should win the match? Uh, I forgot who was the first team that you just said. Uh, like I... Queen Zelina oh, and Car- Carmella. No. Okay, they're the, they're the champions. They're the champions. They're the champions, and they're going against, or I should say, these teams are vying for the championship. Sasha Banks and Naomi oh. is one team, and Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan is the other. Why is why is Rhea Ripley being stuck with this shit? Man, she is way too fucking talented for that. I would agree. Way too talented. But I mean, Sasha this... Banks too. Fuck. I don't. Who cares? Who gives a fuck? Honestly. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. This, uh, this has got to be one of the worst WrestleMania lineups I've heard in a long time. I could give a fuck about almost all of this. And they say I hate the show, folks. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying I don't shit, shit on it, but it's like, you know, at the same time, it's like a running gag for you. It's like every time you bring up WWE news, it's like, Oh God, this is gonna suck balls and blah blah. And then, oh AEW, <laughs> yay, yay! You know that kind of deal. So, oh that's so enough. we're we're kind of used to this. So, Paul Levesque in his prime could not even lace the boots of Kenny Omega. Um, all right, so let's let's go let's go with this one. Because yeah, he didn't I've, have the jazz hands. I've <laughs> or the jizz hands either. Wow, jizz hands too. Really? Okay, that's enough. What is Jim? What does Jim Cornette refer to him as? Give me the the three names. Finger oh. bang clusterfuck or something? <laughs> sure, yeah. Finger bang clusterfuck, yeah. Uh, oh. Kenny Olivier, Harpo fingerfuck, and uh, uh, Twinkle Toes McFinger bang. Well, was, this, is Jim, this is Jim Cornette. This is Jim Cornette referring to Kenny Omega. Listen, I love Kenny. I, I think he's one of the best in the world. I know. But I feel like Jim Cornette, sometimes he can be funny, but he's just so nasty. You, you oh, know what my. he calls the Young Bucks? Take a guess. Let's hear it. The Hardly Boys. Oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah, it's great. It's not that bad. All right, pretty good. Let's go on to what I think is probably going to be the best match of the entire WrestleMania: Edge and AJ Styles. Would we all agree? Yes. This is going to be be fantastic. This is going to be fan friggin' tastic. Um, who do you think wins? I don't know. See, this is what's I, so interesting. We really can't say who necessarily is going to no. come out on top. We can't. We. I mean, there's no guy that's positioned right now higher than each well, other. They're about as well, evenly matched. Look at look at it in this way. 
uh, Edge, I mean, who knows how much longer he has, right? I mean, he's lucky he's gone this long. To live or so, to wrestle? <laughs> Hopefully yeah, yeah wrestle he's going to die tomorrow. Holy shit. <laughs> Just the Jesus way you framed Mark. that statement. Yeah. Oh well, God. I think... Yeah, okay. Anyways. Uh, but, logically, he probably doesn't have too many matches left. Right. AJ Styles is in his... I think he's the same age as me. I'm not 100% 40, sure. 44? But, 43. 43... <laughs> Sorry. Motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I just turned 43. It's not that big of a deal. No, it's not. I don't care. Uh, but, you know, he, he's going to be slowing down. And he actually re-signed from what I heard. He did re-sign. Which was surprising to me because he had gone on this whole thing about how he wanted to finish up. And he had this target age and range. And I guess he's just, maybe the money's too good. I don't know. But those guys, and it's, so it's like AJ Styles, too. He's He doesn't have much longer left in the ring. So, uh, I mean, it could go either way. That's the thing. It's like, how are you going to pick a winner there? It's so. going to be a great match. I, and, and at this oh, point, yeah. I, don't, I don't even care who wins just because I no. am just happy that I get to see those guys go at it. That's like when I saw on, on Dynamite. Yes, I watched Dynamite. When I saw uh, Danielson against uh, Chris Daniels. And I was like, I don't fucking care who wins. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch this. That was a good really match. Good. It's a really good yeah. match. Right, so it's like you know, sometimes you just see these matches and you go like, you know what? Who gives a shit? Just like, just watch them go. Whoever wins, wins. Great. The winner on certain matches is straight up just the fans. Oh sure. Yeah. Period. Right, right. Regardless of who wins, gets the one, two, three, the DQ, the whatever. It's the yep. fans. Like like that that match Liam was talking about was fantastic. I watched it. I loved it. Yeah. Right. I think Christopher Daniels is fantastic. I yeah. Mean, no, it doesn't 51. get the respect he deserves. I mean, uh, the shit he's doing at 51 years old? Hey, come on, man. Yep. Like, I'd break a hip just thinking about that, much less actually trying to do it. It's, right? it's funny you say break a hip because I've noticed this. My, my hip clicks <laughs> loudly when I walk. <laughs> It and I don't know what the fuck. How old are you, Freeland? I you're not that much older than me. I will be forty-one. You're younger than me. It click. I mean, when I say clicks, it's like a loud clip, like a yeah. Because my well, you only have so many more clicks left. You only have so many more clicks left, and then and then you fall down. Clicks on your click card, and then you're done. Then you're done. You'll you'll be uh... better get that gastric bypass while I still can. No, the medical mm-hmm. alert bracelet, the the, the thing. Oh, the clicking. life call. Yeah, help me! I'll I'm fall and I can't, and I can't get, up. get up. I'm yeah, stuck to yeah. the ground Bring like the a peanut truck. butter cup. I got life call around my neck. I push a little button and I scream like heck. Yeah. What? Yo, 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 hey. yo. check it. Hey. Yo, yo, yo. You know what I realized? Don't also, speaking of that, because I am a big fan of the acclaimed. Is here. They do this. Hold on. I'm going to have to move my microphone. Here. Oh, boy. They do. Do you know what they do? The, the hand gesture they do, right? The hand gesture. scissoring? They do. And they do this. Now. Scissoring. Right. They're scissoring. Lesbians. Well, that's. Well, it's clearly not the case because they're both gentlemen. So. It's true. So I, I didn't know if that was like a cool like thing that the kids are doing now. Like new a new hand gesture. That literally means scissoring. 
right. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure not to ask my 13-year-old daughter about that. Yeah, don't don't do that. I bet you some uh, of the kids in this class. Holy crap. Not. Guess what? Guess what? We're getting a call from EC Dub no. fan. Let's He's find young. out if he, he knows about know. scissoring. Here we go. Hold on. Yeah, he watches it in high def. I never want to see you rap again. That was painful to watch. And the more you do that, the more I am worried that the parents will revolt against you in the school you teach in and you will get fired for this. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Good, good, You're welcome. Me. Good, good Lord. Good Lord Almighty. I was just saying scissoring and... I didn't realize. You know what? Let's talk to I am Dwayne. It's time to talk to Dwayne. Here, any thoughts on the first show of Control Your Narrative? <laughs> yeah, I, don't the know, I don't know what that is. It's okay. So basically, it's uh, let's see, EC3, uh, Adam Shearer, who was Braun Strowman, and Austin Aries. Mm -hmm. They made a promotion basically saying they control their narrative and they're not going to be told what to do. And they had a show, I guess. It looked like it was at a bar. And they're talking about how they've reached a TV deal already, which I don't think there's any proof of. And most people are taking it as a joke. So there you go. So, okay. So I know that the, there were some things with, with Austin Aries, what were the things with Braun Strowman? What 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 happened with him? Was there a situation where he was trying to control the narrative? Uh, I think it was an anti-vaxxing, but it was also like his uh, his attitude towards uh, you know you know remember when he started going on about how um, people are too soft to come into the business and all that and and. Mm -hmm. uh, it was something along those lines. and he Yeah, was... no, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, oh, well, you're not going to hold me down, kind of deal. So, Nostin Aries is a prick anyway, so that's yeah, probably not... why. Right, it's, but what, what was EC3's issue? Because, uh, I guess because WWE didn't do jack shit with him when they could have, I guess. Do you think he, should, he deserved better, in your opinion? I didn't, I didn't think he was that spectacular. Right. Like there's he's, not he's, he, he's okay, but he's nothing. Yeah, uh, you're not going to build around him. Is no. Dixie really his aunt? No. <laughs> okay, just just having some fun. Um. Okay, so let's get back to WrestleMania for a hot second here. Oh so, my god, I thought it was over. There is another match that has not Fuck. been determined which night it's going to be on, and it's going to be oh, RK no. Bro, RK Bro, oh. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. Uh, uh, who once again are the champions because they beat uh, uh, they beat the fat guy and the other guy right on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, sure. So they don't watch Raw. They they beat them and they have a uh, the champ the the champions are going to defend against TBD. We don't even know what the hell that means. Well, to be probably venereal disease or something. Yeah, and then Seth Rollins still doesn't have an opponent. How does Seth fucking Rollins not have an opponent? Like, how does that make any sense? I don't know. Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. I would rather see Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins. I would rather see Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory. That would I would rather fun. sit down and bounce my head off a wall than watch Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. This is true. Or... I'd rather watch Johnny Knoxville against Orange Cassidy. And that's saying something. I'd rather get a prostate exam with a camel's tongue than watch any of that. 
Anyway. Kinky. Yes, I am. Very much Whatever so. works for you, apparently. Oh, and it works. Uh, I am Dwayne514. Where is he from again? I keep forgetting. The Philippines. Oh, Philippines. Philippines. The Philippines. Pogi Pogi. We are Pogi Pogi. Yep. Pogi Pogi. No. Uh, exactly. I am Dwayne, says Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Could eh. be a possibility. Could be a possibility. Be a now, match. It would be a good match. Let's let me ask you this question. Let's say you did bring him in, okay? And let's say this is the match. Who goes over? Cody. It would have yeah, to be Cody. You'd have to put Cody over. Because why would you bring him in just to let him lose? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because WWE is a shitty company. That's why. So here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. If I was Cody, I would say. I've already been Intercontinental Champion. I've already been Tag Champions before. I've already been, you know, f- Flake Dust or Sprinkle sprinkle Dust. Flake Dust. Or whatever. Sp- sprinkle Puff or whatever. Sprinkle. Yeah. Dandruff. <laughs> exactly. Dandruff. I will only come in if you put in my contract that I'm going to, at one point in time, get the world title within the next two years. Then he will not come back. You You make me WWE Champion. Put that in the contract that I am guaranteed that or I will not come back. He's not that special. He's That's not going to be able to get that. But here's here's the here's the point though. If he has quote unquote unfinished business, what's there left to finish but be world champion? Right, but it doesn't mean they're they're going to just let him put that in his contract. Like I know some people who've actually had that put in their contract. Who do I'm you? Gonna, I'm not. Yes, I am not going to share names on air, but I will tell you this: that some people have put in their contract that they want to have a championship. And that is something that they are going to have problems. But they would be people much more relevant than Cody Rhodes. He's relevant. And was it honored? But he's he's not in... He's not that big of a deal. Would Cody be a bigger deal if he went to Ring of Honor and, like, was a part of that? Yes. No. No. You Mm -hmm. think he would? Big fish, small pond. I just don't see too big of a fish. If money is not the issue for Cody, I don't see what the value in going back is. If it's not money, what? what, what, Well, it's got to be money. Money's everything. So, who are you going to take on that is considered unfinished business? You can have a match with Edge. Are you going to have a match with AJ Styles? It's unfinished with the promotion. It doesn't necessarily mean there's an actual target wrestler he's got to go against. Maybe Randy Orton. There you go. There's history there, right? Okay, there. There's a few, but yeah, right. But but that's if you're looking at it in that sense, or you know, if he's calling that Triple H, but Triple H, you know, he's probably never going to be on TV again. Who knows? But there's rumors that he may not even come back uh, full time anymore. To if ever, with yeah, or if ever come back to the company, he may just be. Uh, he is well, he was on condition. the gas for 30 years. Well, <laughs> well, that, he was uh, on the gas, but... Yeah, that was not good. He heart was, condition. Uh, he's yeah, got a heart condition. Was. He had open-heart surgery. He has not returned back to the office. They released his assistant, WWE did. So now his assistant is no longer there. So if the assistant to the person who's gone, like what I, I don't really foresee that they have plans for him coming back or they have confidence he'll come back. So who knows? We don't know, but I will tell you this tomorrow night, 
tomorrow night on TBS, you're going to catch a great episode of AEW Dynamite. It's going to be the fallout from AEW Revolution. What is going to happen? Don't miss it. If you get a chance, please make sure you DVR it. It is going to be good. Also, remember, coming up this Friday night, Rampage. That'll be coming up at 10 o'clock on TBS as well. Definitely check that out. And um, So do you work for them now? No, but I'm just saying. Oh, okay. I'm just promoting <laughs> pro wrestling. So what about Impact? Impact is on, uh, what do you call it? What's that channel? Yeah. The TV yeah. Guide channel, whatever it was. The TV Guide channel. TV Guide. There you go. They were on, the, they were on TV Guide. They're on Access TV. They're on Access TV. They're on Access TV. So you can watch them on Access TV if you want. And you can Fuck. watch uh, uh, Flip Down. You know what else is on Access? New Japan. Watch that there, too. You could. I got to start watching that. I got to get into Japan wrestling. We don't get access here, I don't think. No, you get access. The, you have the internet. You got the I do, yes. Webs. Yeah, you do. Well, yes. you can find stuff. If I can find something, I'm sure you can. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I've shown you a few things, I think. We weren't supposed to talk Le- about that on air. Le- legally. Legally, I showed you. Oh, God, you're terrible. What are you drinking? What are you drinking now? What are you drinking now? You and by the way, what was the name of that last beer? It had like four names to it. That last one in the glass. It was I don't remember the actual name of it, but it was a hazelnut latte imperial milk stout. Hazel latte imperial hazelnut. Hazelnut imperial. Okay, so imagine like a coffee, hazelnut latte. Hazelnut latte. And it's an imperial, imperial milk stout. Milk stout. It's a fucking long name. Was it delicious? It was pretty good. Yeah. But now I'm drinking Red Racer IPA from Red Vancouver. Racer IPA. You go to, to the beer show in Toronto? Beer Fest? I'm going to one in Newmarket uh, in a couple of weeks. But we, not going to one in Toronto, though. We have one called uh, Oktoberfest. Um, That's German. Which, yes, we have that here in Cincinnati. Cool. They have that in Kitchener. It's a big thing in Kitchener. And we year. have Don Schwaben as well. So What that the fuck great. is that? Yeah, it's another German thing. We're it's big like on a German. sausage dish or something, it sounds like. <laughs> you ever have German sausage? No. Huh? Huh? no. You ever have some Wiener schnitzel? No. no. You ever wear Lederhosen? Oh, for yes. the love of God, what in the hell is going on here? Here we go. Pecker Do you have any other callers? Call. Holy fuck. No, no one else calls. Put the number up, goddammit. Get someone else on here. Hey, uh, remember when you said that uh, you want to get a prostate exam from a camel? Well, I don't live that far away from an actual camel. I live like five, ten minutes away. So, if we want, we can make this happen. We can all laugh at your pain and suffering. Thanks, guys. Bye. We can laugh as I'm being violated by a camel. Violated Is by a camel. being felched by a camel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Put the spilkus in his connectigazoink. That's the way it works. Spilkus. <laughs> Put the spilkus. Oh, what are you talking about? I uh, forgot that's even from. It's. I think it's Saturday Night Live. Yeah. But I don't remember the exact remember sketch. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Is there anything else on anyone's mind about pro wrestling? Anything else? No. No, no because I'm looking here at the main page, so it's like the laughter... It is AEW Revolution results. Oh, yeah. Here's one thing I want to talk about. I talked about it on the Freeland Five. Have either one of you listened to one of those? I did. 
I was yeah. listening to one. Thank you. Well, Decent? thanks for giving us the heads up that it was going to be happening. You know? <laughs> I guess you lost like the show. My, my phone number that day. Oh, my God. So what I was saying is... Um... You don't remember, do you? Oh, my God. I literally... I've forgotten. Uh... Real and Five. Revolution. Oh, yeah. So there you go. thank you. Thank you for helping me get back on track. Yeah, whatever. Any, I seniors a, moment? It was very much. My hip clicks. Did I tell you? Okay. Yes. So I was on Twitter when the pay-per-view was going on. And then when the pay-per-view ended, a lot of people do their post shows, right? I thought about doing a post show at one point. But then I realized, mm, nah, I'm going to watch Lifetime. So people were talking about how much gratuitous blood was on the pay-per-view because they said the dog collar match had blood mm-hmm. and then Moxley and Daniel Bryan had blood or Brian Danielson. What the fuck? Yes. Well, first of all, dog collar match is going to have blood. That's just the way a dog collar match works. So yes. when you see it on the card, you should already prepare yourself for blood. Now the Danielson Moxley match you pretty much knew there was going to be blood there too because there was a comment that Moxley made. I don't team with someone unless I've bled with them first. So that was already established that there would be blood. Do you guys feel like in general AEW, not necessarily with this pay-per-view, but uses blood too much? No. I don't either. No, no. they don't. You don't want to do it every Wednesday night, every Friday night. Correct. Don't get like that. But on pay-per-views, I don't have a problem with it. No, it it fit both matches. It it. I thought it was perfect. Right? I did not have a problem with it. No one else bled. It was fine. No, I, I had no issues with it. Whatever. I mean, they were bloody matches. They yeah, were very bloody. They were bloody. They were very bloody. But like I don't have an issue bloody. with it. Yeah. Um. You can't say that for Jesus. No, if they bleed once a month, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, on I'm a sure pay-per-view meant, yeah. or they only have pay-per-views four times a year so if they you know don't take hey hey control the narrative don't try to hey don't try to don't try to take my narrative away from me okay okay uh the other the other thing people said was the show ran too long so the the, the pre-show or the buy-in they would call it started at seven o'clock and then it lasted from seven to eight. There were three matches in that hour. And then there were, there's 11 total. So there were eight matches, I guess, on the main card. And it went off the air right before midnight. Now, what I remember last time was GCW had to get off the air pretty fast and they like rushed the ending to a match. But it didn't seem like, yeah, but it didn't seem like AEW had to rush anything to get off the air. I wonder if that depends on the deal you've worked out for the event. But I do know that normally midnight's the cutoff, no matter what you're doing, correct? Historically, it has been. I know I've heard it in uh, other podcasts about some events that they had to cut short or type of thing. Uh, There's got to be something in a contract, I would assume, anyhow. It actually finished before midnight, though. It did, but it was yes. close to midnight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's the situation we had. The other thing I want to talk about here. So the the show runtime and the blood people were 
sharing their feelings about that. The other thing was, is any of you guys tuned into a media scrum like on YouTube after a pay-per-view is over? AEW has these. I don't know if WWE has ever had these. So what they have is the big table. You know how like when football players or basketball players come after a game, there's like the the backing is like the Mm -hmm. logos and all that, and they sit the table with the microphone. Well, AEW does this a lot, and Tony Khan comes out and the different wrestlers come out. Anyway, they have this room that different reporters from different wrestling websites and different wrestling podcasts, we never get to see them because the camera's always just fixated on the on the person you know sitting at the table some of these questions were brutal that they asked and i'm sitting here going look i'm not being a dick but i'm quite sure that any of us from our show could easily be represented and ask some intelligent questions and i i'm going to i'm going to ask i'm going to make my phone call uh to you know my good buddy and i'm going to say what does it take I would love to get a chance to be a part of the media scrum. I would love to do that. I'd do it. I mean, yeah. I come across as a complete idiot, I'm sure. But no, I'd do it. no. I, I just, I, I just feel like it's just like, what the hell? Some of these people were asking questions that were just plain, like they were fanboying out instead of being like, "Hey, what about this? What about that? What about this?" So. But who were these people asking questions? Were they actual real reporters or was it Ed from Ed and Frank's podcast? Well, there was an Ed and Frank podcast Ask yes. There were some other people from wrestling websites, which I can respect the wrestling website stuff. But there was definitely a contingent of people just from podcasts that I've never heard of before. So what differentiates someone from getting a media pass to not getting a media pass. I'm going to find that out, and we're going to talk about that on the next show. I should try okay. to get a media pass for the next show we're having here in Kingston. You should. That one coming up in a couple months. You should definitely check that out. Anyway. You coming that's down a- for that one, Liam? Kingston? Uh, yeah. no. Kingston, Depends Ontario? Depends what it is, I guess. Yes, I know, where, I know what province I'm in. Thank you, Freeland. Uh, no, I'm not saying that to be like a dick. I'm just saying in general. I just... <sighs> Is it Kingston, Ontario? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We both live in Ontario. We've been we've been on the show with you for a year. And I know. You haven't realized where we live yet. No, yeah, I mean, you you we, live in Milwaukee, right? So yeah. Correct. Correct. Close enough. But yeah. is in the sticks, and uh, Liam, I don't know. Liam lives in the ghetto. I guess I don't know. Do you? I live in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. You live at the corner of Jane and Finch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I would love that. Is your garage yeah. up or is it down? It's down. It's down. Okay. What's the, the temperature time. right Come on. now? What's, what's the temperature right now in the garage? Yeah, like 30 or something. 30 degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah. My ex is American, so I sort of know Fahrenheit. So Good. I'm glad. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever. All right, let's go to the close here. But anything you want to talk about? Any topics or anything you've seen across no. the wire that's interested you? Nothing good. Just uh, happy to be back for another week. Uh, things are good, and that's about it. Same old, same old. You follow me on Twitter at gotnoof2291. You want to talk about something? Send me a message. Give me a follow. Whatever. That's. But all I got.
Please turn the camera off now. This is getting awkward. Yeah. All right, Liam, go ahead and, and give us all the details. Your website, projects that you're working on, your email address, um, your Twitter handle, all that kind of stuff. What's in my wallet, uh, everything else, right? Yes. Yeah, well, you're not seeing it. Uh, <clears throat> go on Savage Liam on Twitter. Savage and, Liam. Right. And uh, go to my link tree, and that will show you all the stupid shit I got going on. Uh, Way to promote it, my stupid shit. Like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, uh, YouTube is... <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't. It's like, look, if you want. If you don't, my, I, that's fine. My stupid shit, and I don't really yeah. give a fuck. Uh, my YouTube is growing very quickly. You uh, have got, like, what, like 500 subscribers now? Uh, it's 560, I think, now. Dude, we seriously need to do like a super chat on your uh, YouTube thing. Uh, I think once I hit a thousand, we can do that. We're going and to it's it, it's moving towards that. Uh, I I keep I keep putting stuff up there every day, and I think I looked at the analytics yesterday, and it was like 128 subscribers in 28 days. Wow, which is like yeah, so. I don't know. I guess I'm doing something, right? There's uh, a lot of people that want to see my stuff. I'm getting lots of comments. Lots of people send me messages about it. So, it's going okay. Uh, got some uh, Mishinoku Pro events going up uh, right now. Mishinoku Pro. Yes, thank you. Is that, is and, that Taka uh, Mishinoku? Taka Mishinoku was in it, yeah. Um, no, was that great... his promotion? No, it was uh, Great Sasuke's promotion, actually. Great Sasuke, okay. You know, Kai and Tai, all those guys. Right. Um, choppy, choppy. Choppy, choppy, pee-pee. Uh, and then um, that was like their low moan. Uh, and then, um, but loves that. And uh, also got some, uh, Jesus, fuck. Some Tri-State Wrestling Alliance stuff going up for all Ooh. you ECW fans. That is the origins of ECW. Yes, it is. So if, if you want to see some really good super cards... Uh, including some of the wrestlers that would help make ECW. That's what you want to watch. So, Didn't you say you that Blue Meanie subscribes to your uh, YouTube channel? Yeah, he actually subscribed the other day. I saw it came up. Brian Heffron, subscribe to your channel. And I looked, and it was him. So there you go. That is nice. pretty awesome. Pretty yep. cool. Pretty cool. And you're also doing stuff for Front Row Material as well? Yeah, that too. Nice. Very nice. I yeah, join that. our channel since Freeland didn't say it or read so guys if you'd like to you know just see the video versions of our interviews and some of our great discussions you know just go to go to youtube go to that search bar put in front row material <laughs> oh, he does the, there you go give, all there to give the address well yeah because i'd be here all fucking night but because yeah yeah until we get to that point where we can actually afford to be able to Get an address, uh, you know, slim pickings for now. So he agrees too. See, whatever. See, there you go. So I think yeah. he, he's doing good. He's going to be doing infomercials. Uh, no, uh, see, Travis even agrees. There you go. 
There you go. This channel, fantastic. Give it a follow. You'll be entertained. Still no country music, though. That makes me sad. But mm-hmm. the wrestling's yeah. good. Do you like Waylon yeah. Jennings? I do. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Hey, I watched Yellowstone. I was watching that. Yeah, I like Waylon Jennings. You know what show that is? Dukes of Hazard. That's right, baby. Seriously? It's no Yellowstone. What's wrong with it? I gotta check out Yellowstone. Is it really good? Fantastic. I I thought it was like, I thought it was very slow at first, but it actually got really good. And uh, there's some gorgeous women on there too, so that doesn't hurt. (laughs) And one shows her boobies. Whoa! (laughs) There's an episode of Titters. That's it. It's not called Titters. It's called Yellowstone. (laughs) That's a different show. It's not a Playboy fucking After Dark. Put that on his channel too. Yeah. Oh my god. Hey everybody, check out Titters on my YouTube. <laughs> you fucking if, perverts. Yeah. If, right. if, if you put if you put boobs on there, would that get flagged? It actually depends. I've seen really? I've seen some I've seen stuff like that on there before and I'm like, why is this not taken down? That's the funny thing, actually. If I put any WWE type material on my channel, it gets flagged immediately. Some people though have full channels for, full of it, and I'm thinking, how did you get around it? I don't know, but just the way it is, I guess. If anybody watching or listening can explain that to me, I'd really appreciate it, because I have not been able to get a straight answer. I would love to know. How do you get things on YouTube without it being flagged? Well, WWE specifically. Just any of their content that they own. I tried to put up Stampede Wrestling from 1987, and they took it down. They don't even have it on the network, I don't think, right now. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Don't know what to tell you. Uh, okay. Are do you um? Are do you? <laughs> okay. Do you subscribe? Do you subscribe to the network? Uh, no, because I don't have cable, so. Well, you don't. You can only get it here through cable. Oh my god! I don't yep. have cable. You have it. Mm-hmm. I got sling. Well, fuck me running. I don't know how the fuck I didn't get it, but it's okay. I don't really want it anyways because it's got a lot of editing and shit that I don't want. So it's like when I want to watch ECW, I just put it on my hard drive and uh, I'm good to go. You know, all the music and everything. Right, but yes. I agree, one hundred percent. There you go. Why, why, Freeland? Why? What? See, now what's happening? Mister Freeland is trying to send me into the red zone. No, I'm not. That's Educate not accurate. Me. I'm actually in a good mood tonight. So yes. Let's not screw this up, Freeland. You are. Doesn't, in a... It doesn't happen often. Not gonna. <laughs> so to, right now, I'm in the green zone still. You are in I'm the green stay zone. There. What's the Thank ultimate you. zone to be in? Blue. Green. No, blue is like sad. Blue's depression. And... Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, green zone. Blue's like Umbilify? Okay. Blue oh, is sure. you're sick, you're sad, you're tired, you're bored. It's like Sad Bear uh, from the Care Bears. You know, the one that has the rain cloud on his stomach? No, that's sad. Grumpy Bear, isn't it? I don't sad fucking know. It's, oh, my God. It's like there's a Prozac Bear or something or yep. one of those. Uh... Yep. Oh, you Butt's gone now. He's literally... Okay. He's had enough of your shit. What do you expect? Whoa, okay. Oh, oh there he is. How yeah, in the sad world, bear. How in the world? Put the damn headphones back in. 
weirdo. But how how do you have a Care Bear right next to you? I'm in my wife's office. Grumpy no. Bear. I I wow, it's Grumpy Bear. What's the tag on his ass say? Does it definitely say Grumpy? Made in China. Yeah, China. Care Bears. China. China. Jana, you realize sure I had grumpy Jana. bear when I was a kid. Our gas is four oh nine right now a gallon, four dollars and nine cents. That's cute. Start the yep. fracking. Start the fucking fracking. I don't give a shit. The I'm cars being, are the buck eighty. Yeah, a dollar eighty six point four a liter. Yeah, is that high? Yes, no, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, well, it's generally one. 40-ish. And it's what now? 186.4 or 186-something. Well, you know... So you gotta think about it. That's over $7 a gallon, Freeland. Yeah, oh, Freeland. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's This didn't happen when someone else was in charge. Oh, no. give it up. We had good gas prices. We had good gas prices, cool. so... Anyway, with that being said, I don't have anything else on my wrestling docket. I uh, hope everyone had a good night. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Shane Hagedorn with AEW and Ring of Honor and Carrie Silken from Ring of Honor as well were our guests this evening, along with The Butt and Liam Savage, a.k.a. Woody Plow. We also would like to thank Travis, Travis Boham, EC Dub fan. We also want to thank I am Dwayne 514 who's from the Philippines. Uh, we'd also like to thank, uh, let's see here, who else? Who's A that? nameless Goulet. ROH it, Historian was on? Is, yep, yep, ROH Historian was on as well. Um, so, want to thank everybody. It's been a lot of fun. We've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for letting us uh, talk to you, come into your worlds, come into your living rooms on this Tuesday night. Yep. Have a good night. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Whatever. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? This is where you hit the end music and you send us off on our way. And uh, this is the part of the podcast where you'll hear bump, 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 and I'll be talking like a fucking moron. And I'm just.